Jorge was piecing Nate of that whole fight. He had him on his toes, landing body kicks like they were nothing. So listen now. He was not gassing, and if you think that you're just blinded by your fandom of Nate, so listen to me, please. Just take the L. So you're a tough guy, like a really rough guy. Just can't get enough guy. Face always so cut guy. Jorge's that bad type. Make your mama sad type. Make your girlfriend mad type. Roberto Duran type. He's the bad guy. Duh. What is up, everybody? That's how we get things started with the Fighting With Myself podcast. The podcast for the average MMA fan, hosted by an above-average man. And I am that motherfucker. What's up? Man, UFC 244 was just awesome, and I have to say a few things. First off, I go hard on these intros, because otherwise, it's not good if you don't commit and don't pick a side. But I am a fan of both guys, and what we got was an awesome fight. Uh, It did not disappoint whatsoever, regardless of the result, regardless of the doctor stoppage. We'll get to that. Um, I I really think this was uh, just, just an incredible night of fights. And, um, I like to say once again, my heart was right on these fights, man. Um, I mean, my heart was torn on the, on the main event. I did say, I think last time that my heart was with Diaz, but, um, my heart was with Jorge too, obviously. And, um, you know, we, we got what we got, but, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I'm done with fucking picking with my head, dude. I don't give a fuck about being right. I am from now on my picks would be just like the old days 100% heart you know how i do uh i'm i'm fucking i'm going i'm going all in on this um you know as far as showing you who i um who i want to win versus like trying to predict a fight which is just bananas um so um we're going to recap ufc 244 we're going to just talk briefly on current events because there's not much but i i there's a huge oversight on my part to not include something last week and um and then we're going to have the forum this may be one of the longest episodes in fighting with myself history and i did uh say that uh, a few episodes ago and it turned out to be like not even close (laughs) but just looking at what we've got in the forum and, and what I've got to say on on these fights, I've got a lot to fucking say. So, um, without further ado, let's get cracking. So, f- first fight of the night, man, Hakeem Dawudu versus uh, Julio Arce. Just just an amazing fight. Um, if you had Julio winning, I don't. I'm not mad at it. I kind of like wasn't sure at the end. Of course, I picked Hakeem, so I was sort of viewing it with that lens, but. Honestly, I was like, I don't know who won that. You know, really, I, that was kind of a really hard fight to score, in my opinion. So, um, but uh, Hakeem got the win. Um, it was interesting. He was like, you know, he was like, I'm not going to be the opener no more, or whatever he said in his post fight interview. He was like, you know, you all going to know my name. And then um, they asked Dana about that in the in the in the post fight press conference, and Dana was like, why? And so the reporter was like, oh, I guess maybe he thinks it's a sign of disrespect to be the first fight and he's like really and then the reporter goes well someone's got to do it so kind of like 
180 such such a such a fucking shill thing to do to like ask a controversial question like what do you think about him saying he never wants to and then kind of like take the ufc side immediately oh i wish i could i wish i could out that guy whoever that was but um either way a great fight um i will say i i kind of underestimated julio arce a bit um not not that i didn't know he was good but i just thought um it was going to be more of a clear victory for Hakeem, and man, that was a war. This is another case of like they should have got, they should have done more fight of the nights because I believe, at least I said in the press conference, um, I thought um, Luke Wonderboy got fight of the night, and you know you could have easily had this one or the next one. So perfect segue: Lyman Good versus Chance Ren Counter from good old Nebraska, holding it down. Shouts to uh, Justin Malice's in Nebraska. I believe that's Rambo. You're the man. And, um, dude, Lyman Good is the truth. Those fuck... He was nasty in that fight. He was just... He was just piecing up Chance Rencounter. But credit to Chance for... For not... Um, not wilting, not backing down. Uh, re- really kind of wearing everything on the chin. And then he finally got that late KO in round three. And, um... Fucking... Dominic Cruz trains with him, and this is like a case of Dominic Cruz being being biased. Um, I don't mind that too much because because you guys know me, I, I wear my bias on my sleeve. But when you're a commentator, you got to kind of put that on the back burner. Paul Felder is the only one, in my opinion, who does a great job at this. And um, I mean, even even um, DC when he was commenting, Deron Wynn did a pretty good job as well. But um, Dominic Cruz was like, "Whoa, when Chance takes a beating, that's when he really comes back." And then Joe Rogan, to his credit, was like, yeah, but he's never taking a beating like this. Uh, yeah, so so that was great. Lyman Good, um, to me, is, is, is just all action. I love it. I can't get enough. Um, and then we move on to a bit of a dud. Um, not a dud, but um, I don't know. Kaylin Chukagian versus Jennifer Maya. I'll admit to having not um, watched this whole fight because this is the time when I drove from my house to the bar. Um, by the way, I was like, you know, a lot of you guys stream and that's fine. But I fucking put my foot down on streaming. I will not do it. And if someone wants to ask me that, I'll answer. But I, I don't want to feel like I'm getting on a soapbox about it now. But um, I was also like debating if I should stay home and just pay for it. Because A, this is a card worth paying for, like for damn sure. And B, the bar is going to be filled with fucking casuals. And... Um, that wasn't exactly the case, man. There was there was a lot of like, I mean, there was definitely some casuals, but um, it was weird. Like I saw my brother-in-law's old um, Muay Thai coach and uh, Sid didn't pretend like he knew me and that was super shady. Um, but uh, not 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 trying to be disrespectful. Uh, someone from that uh, gym definitely listens to this podcast sometimes. But dude, uh, Caitlin Chicken versus Jennifer Maya. I mean, I don't think um, Caitlin Chicken has really been in like an exciting fight. To be honest with you, I mean, maybe the Liz Carmouche fight, um, which is actually funny, the MSG debut years ago. But she's always good. I'm, I'm never going to disrespect her skills. Um, and I, I definitely let my heart into this one. I wanted Maya to win, but uh, Kaylin Chikagin was the more technical fighter, and that really showed here. Um, so good for her. And it sounds like in the press conference, Dana didn't really want to commit um to to her getting the next shot against valentina some some report like point blank asked basically um you know 
she was offered Valentina before, said no because of her wedding. With the performance, do you think she's um, going to get the next shot? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she won. She did what she needed to do. She won. Basically not saying, like, yeah, she's actually just said, yeah, she won. I'm like, uh, I don't know. So makes me makes me think they actually, this is, and this is sad. I don't want to be um, talking about this, but it makes me think they're actually thinking about booking Zhang Weili versus Valentina Shevchenko. Because they haven't done anything with the strawweight division in terms of you know announcing that next matchup, and they sure as hell haven't announced Valentina's next matchup. So I think they're kind of waiting to see if Kaylin was going to do something spectacular or or Maia, you know, like a, a quick finish or something. But um, clearly that didn't happen. Uh, but uh, a quick finish did happen. In, I mean, not quick, quick, but um, you know, definitely. Um, didn't go the full five rounds. Brad Tavares versus Emin Shabazian. Whoa, dude. And at first, like, I was like, okay, Brad's looking good. And then Emin quickly figured him out and, and just got his timing. And even one point, like, I thought he... Brad, Brad showed he had a good chin, too. Like, um, I think Edmund rocked him, and then he was able to recover. And I was like, oh, fuck, we're in for a war. And then, nope, Edmund just figured him the hell out. Which makes you wonder... Just how good is Edmund Tavertian? Uh No, I'm just kidding. But what what it does make me wonder though is like, dude, how have you like, you're a boxing coach, right? And 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 you're not been able to like like when Travis Brown started working at Glendale Fighting uh, Boxing Club, his fucking boxing got worse. And um, obviously Ronda Rousey thought she was a boxer and then lost to fucking um, Holly and Amanda. Um, so. It just, it just like it blows my mind that this kid so young, who apparently has been there for like I guess his whole career, is like a phenom. I'm like, dude, what the hell else are you doing? Like, let us know so we know who to credit. You know, really. But uh, anyway, definitely excited for his next fight. He's a killer. Um, dude, Shane Burgos versus Makwan Amirkani was a great fight, and. I had Shane, you know, I picked Shane. And then the first round when Makwan was like giving him the business and just taking him to Suplex City, not, not really Suplex, but he was like slamming him. He was like lifting him up, putting him down, lifting him up, putting him down. I was like, at first I was like, oh my God. And then, and then I was like, he's gonna fucking gas, dude. And it reminded me of the uh, uh, Arnold Allen fight. Like afterwards, Arnold Allen, uh, because... Prior to that, Amir Khani was known for having a bunch of quick finishes. Like he had that um, flying knee against Andy Ogle and things like that. And he had that quick submission at UFC London years ago um, where he like rolled into some sort of submission. Like he he gets a lot of quick finishes. And then Arnold Allen was like, I get the feeling he doesn't want to be in there. I want to be in there. I want to take this fight into deep waters. I don't give a fuck if I don't finish. I'm going to drag this shit out. And I was like, damn. And that's exactly what happened. Like Shane Burgos was definitely dealing with the threat of the wrestling, but he was also like, let's see where this goes. And he let him gas the fuck out. And then Shane was like giving him the business in the, in the second and third rounds, just like, and, and the fact that he let him up. Right. And, and then, um, uh, the fucking like Mac one took his sweet ass time getting up. I was like, where is the towel? John Kavanaugh. Why aren't you throwing that fucking towel, dude? 
And and the ref too, like this this was not as egregious as goddamn Mike Davis versus Thomas Gifford, but this was bad. I mean, he was just whatever. And there's a great question about this in the forum, which we're gonna get to, so I'm not gonna spend too much time on this, but um someone needed to do something about this and um it's 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 a little bit more it's not black and white, whereas like the Thomas Gifford, I was like, someone needed to have fucking stopped that fight way before the knockout, like whether it's the ref or the corner, someone needed to. With this one, I'm like, I don't know. Like, like I said, I somewhat blame the corner because in this case, I don't think it was enough for the ref to, to do anything, but it was enough for the corner to be like, my fighter's not getting, you know, he's not doing well in there. And it, it just was like, you know, a fucking needless beating, kind of, you know, but... um uh, I think I think Mukwan's gonna bounce back. You know, like he had a he had a great uh, fight against Jason Knight, and he had a he had a good performance against Chris Fishgold. Like the guy can fight, and he's he's legit. It just Shane Burgos is fucking more legit. Um, but uh, moving on to Corey Anderson versus Johnny Walker, um, the fucking fight that sent me into a goddamn spiral. And so um, I do need to publicly apologize to some people I may have muted or blocked. And if you listen to this podcast and I blocked you, please. Um, and I hate when people do this when I block someone, they reach out through an intermediary. Don't do that shit. It's fucking childish and dumb and you're getting someone else involved that doesn't need to be. But I'm saying, please, if you listen to this podcast and I muted or blocked you, or well, you mean, I don't know if I muted you, but it, for sure if I blocked you and you listen to this podcast, reach out to me some way. You know, you can email the podcast, findingwithmyselfpod.gmail.com or fucking, like I said, through an intermediary that um, wouldn't mind because a lot of people fucking roast me for my tweet and I and I and I wasn't going to delete it. I was like, I'll leave that shit up there. I even quote tweeted. I was like, because, okay, so I'm getting ahead of myself. The the tweet was, I was like, Johnny Walker is going to gonna send Corey Anderson into a highlight reel or whatever and literally the opposite happened. I mean, if, if Corey Anderson had won a decision, right, and he would have kind of grinded him out, that wouldn't have been as bad as an outcome for me because I was like, oh yeah, I could d- definitely see that happening. But like, for me, this was like Rose knocking out JJ. Like I was like, if Rose won, it was probably going to be a submission. That's what I, we were all thinking leading into it. But she fucking knocked her out. And Corey Anderson fucking knocked Johnny Walker senseless. I mean, this was just like a masterclass. And credit where credit is due. You know, um, I have I have some mixed feelings on Corey uh, now. We're going to get to that because actually before before this fight, I liked him more. And usually when someone like gets a good performance over somebody like that, where they kind of shut up some doubters, I like them. But the way he handled it and the shit he's been saying, he lost some cool points for me. And um, that's not me being salty. I promise. You know, I try to be as honest as possible on this podcast. But um, yeah, again, we're, th- 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 this comes up a lot in the forum. So let's just, you know, we'll, we'll kind of table that. But um, certainly a, a nice win for him. This He needed that win like that. And um, I really hope Johnny Walker is going to fucking bounce back. I told my I told my friend Andrew, who does um, the other podcast with me, um, I, I think I've said on here a couple times, we recorded a, an episode on Johnny Walker months ago and kind of did a review on Johnny Walker Black Whiskey. Because we did that with uh, Conor McGregor's Proper 12 Whiskey after the Habib fight. And it was, um, 
one of our best episodes. So I was like, we got to do a fucking episode on Johnny Walker because his literally his name is also a whiskey, and this will be great. And the audio was fucking bought. So I told I told Andrew, I was like, we got to do this shit again. He's about to fight this weekend. He's about to get a nice win. <laughs> well, I said I said if he wins, to be fair. Um, but um, but now I don't think I don't think we're gonna be doing that. So that really makes me sad. Uh, but, uh, that was a fucking hell of a way to end the prelims. I'm sitting there like ordering my food at the bar and, um, that shit happens. And I was like, no. And actually, um, this fucking place doesn't have the sound on for, um, the prelims. Uh, but I like going there because when, whenever the pay-per-view starts, they actually turn all the fucking TVs, you know, into the fight and turn the sound on. So it's like no other fucking sports ball is on. And I'm like, yes. Um, cause even still other places, like they'll, they'll leave other shit on and it's like, no, this is our house. But what a fucking way to end the, the fights or the prelims rather. And then moving into the main card, this is like. My wife didn't really know much of the uh, the prelim fighters, um, and even the ones she knew, she kind of wasn't like completely invested. Like I think she knows Corey Anderson. Obviously, um, we talked about Johnny Walker, um, but literally every single fight except for Derek Lewis, we were like on the opposite side of as far as like our picks. And my my wife doesn't like make picks really. Um, it's just like like who she wants to win as well, kind of like how I usually do it. But um, um, she definitely was like, like I was trying to explain like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, win this little championship we got going on. Um, I, this is not who I want to win. This is who I think will win. But she was like giving me the fucking shade, dude. And um, every single fight was fucking like right. Uh, except for that she she wanted Nate to win. That was the only thing. Um, but um fucking Gregor Gillespie and Kevin Lee. Oh my God. And I said this before on the podcast, you know, this is not, um, you know, after the fact I am a Kevin Lee fan. Um, but I, th- I do think he is his own worst enemy at times and he can sort of get in his own way with certain things and kind of his fight IQ doesn't always hold up to his skills. And I really think after the passing of his coach, Robert Follis, that he's been, um, sort of in no man's land and that's, that's hurt him. So, I think this, or I hope anyway, it's hard to after one fight, especially a quick knockout like that. But um, I hope the partnership with Faraz is going to be the missing ingredient for him because holy shit, that was amazing. Um, so like I was trying to say, like I I, I knew he could win. I wasn't d- quote unquote doubting him. Like, I like to, a lot of people like to say, dude, just because you pick somebody else doesn't mean you're doubting the other fighter. Like what the fuck nonsense is that? We need to stop this. You know, like, like my favorite fighter of all time, you guys know, is Roxanne Modafferi. If anyone picks against her, I'm not going to be like, you're doubting her. Just stop, dude. Okay. Um, I'm all over the place now because I'm hungover. Uh, but Kevin Lee, man, murdered a guy. I fucking tweeted this out. This is, this is, uh, uh, it's been getting a lot of like likes, but uh, not as much as it should, in my opinion. Um, he had like some blood coming out of his eye. It looked like those like teardrop tattoos. So I, I took a screenshot of the, of the TV and I was like, dude, he fucking got a teardrop cause he murdered a guy. And, uh, and that was what happened, dude. Fucking Gillespie. And I've never, and I, like I said, I picked Gillespie to win. Um, and so I'm done with, um, trying to pick based on my brain cause fuck that shit. Um, that's for the birds. But, um, 
I have never been a Greg Gillespie fan. I've always been a believer in his skills, um, obviously, but um, it's not just like it kind of came out during five weeks as a Trump supporter. And like, I'm now going to kind of like listening to Dana talk in the press conference. And obviously Dana is like good friends with Trump. And I was just like, you know, who 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 do I care if, if anyone likes uh, anyone specifically? You know, as far as like political figures goes, I'm not going to fucking matter about that. It doesn't really matter. But um, definitely going to be silently rooting for their demise. But um, Gregor Gillespie has always like got a really impressive like win where he just dominates a guy and they ask him to call out somebody or whatever. He's just like, we're going fishing. And then, and, and, and then during fight week, they're like, what do you think about your opponent? He goes, I'm not talking about my opponent. He's always said that. That's not a new thing. He's always said that. He goes, it goes back to my wrestling days. My dad always said, don't talk about the other guys. Just make it about you. And that's where we're going to stay. We're not going to talk about my opponent. So fucking stop, dude. This is the fight game. I mean, just just go away. So thank you, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee is the hero we didn't knew we needed. And I fucked that grammar up, but I'm not going to correct it. Um, but um, I guess Kevin Lee is back at 155 pounds which actually makes me sad because so when i made my picks i was like you know if kevin lee looks good on the weigh-ins i'm for sure gonna pick him um i'm not for sure but that's gonna make me think to me he looked like shit at the weigh-ins i was like oh man and i guess the early weigh-ins really i mean kevin lee has said before that he doesn't like the early weigh-ins because he he doesn't like to go to bed dehydrated so he has to get up early and cut more um you know, which I'm like, okay, but for sure do something differently in your in your camp to make the cut easier. Like, just don't, you know, but the benefit of early wanes is that you have more time to recover. You know, um, people think of the misconception of the early wanes is that is to make the cut easier. It's not. It actually, in some cases, makes it a little harder. It's to give you more time to recover. You know, that's the whole goal of it. So I guess that benefits Kevin Lee in that sense. But, you know, even with a nice win like this, I think it still makes a case for 165. You know, I'm all, anytime someone like Kevin Lee or Paul Felder or even Cowboy, like any of those big ass guys who have like gone up to 170 and like kind of gone back and forth, I'm always going to fucking talk about 165 because that's what we need to do, dude. We need to keep talking about it until that talk makes action. I, I don't give a fuck. But uh, moving on from that, uh, Derek Lewis versus Blagoy Ivanov. Bro. Blagoy Ivanov has the best chin in the heavyweight division, and it's not even close. I mean, maybe Derek Lewis could be second to that, but I mean, holy fuck. Like, those fucking shots that Derek Lewis was giving him, he was throwing the whole kitchen sink. And the way Derek Lewis fights, man, he telegraphs a lot of his shots. Like, he, there's there's a lot of wind-up. I mean, he, he has some sneaky ones, too. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's like every single shot is telegraphed, but... um. When he wants to put a guy out, if he smells blood, he just goes reckless. And he um, was putting it on Blagoy. And that fucking Kimura dude, I, I was starting to do a total Derek Lewis fanboy in the bar, by the way. Like, when Blagoy had that Kimura, first of all, first of all, I thought it was done, or gonna close to be done, um, or whatever. It might not have been uh, Kimura. I'm not like a submission guy, obviously. That guy, Brad Johnson, I want to say, that posts those submission videos. And be like, name the submission, I'll retweet the winner. I always get them wrong, dude. I always get them wrong. And I'm, 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 that's never going to change. But um, 
I was like, holy shit, Derek Lewis is done. And I thought it was going to be like uh, Frank Mir Noguera where they're going to have to fucking stop it because the referee or something snap. But then all of a sudden, Derek Lewis does what Derek Lewis does when he's on bottom. He just decides to get up. He just finally is like, you know, I have had enough of this and I'm going to get up now. And he he shucked him off somehow. Or maybe Blagoy realized he didn't have the submission and sort of like eased up because that's when, you know, it seemed like they kind of both decided to get up. Fucking Derek Lewis. I was I stood up and I was screaming. I was like, knock him out with the broken arm. And he throws that arm right away. I think it was his right arm. But fuck. I mean, this, this was just such a great fight. I think I called... Um, uh, Derek Lewis third round KO because I thought he was going to get his ass beat for two rounds and then and then come back which is sort of what happened but I you know he, he obviously he was winning those earlier rounds too you know because he won a decision but fucking hell dude that was one of the better heavyweight fights I've seen and then man that was like the only fight where my fucking brain and my heart were like on the same page that fight um well, a little bit with the main event, um, but you know how that goes. Um, I really wanted Wonder Boy to win, but I was like, Vincente Luque, he's just, uh, he's an animal. And then Stephen Thompson just came out there like he didn't fucking get the memo, dude. He was like, y'all must have forgot who I am. Y'all must have forgot I'm the best striker in this division. And he worked Vincente Luque. Took took some big shots in the process too, so so that chin still holds up. Just because he got flatlined by Pettis, doesn't mean he's fucking done. You know, credit to Wonder Man as she should be called because he's thirty seven years old. But hell, um, I'm I'm really hyped for for Wonder Boy's next fight now because I was afraid that like if Vicente Luque beat him, that they were just gonna kind of like make him a. a fucking gatekeeper like jump a stepping stone for these young up-and-comers and i was like i don't want that for wonder boy i really don't um and he was so cool in the press conference he was like basically saying how masvidal is a little bit of an inspiration to him because you know he beat masvidal and now masvidal is rebounded and he's probably about to fight for a title or he's definitely in position and so stephen thompson's like yeah one or two more and i'll be right there that's my wonder boy impression it's, it's not very good but it's basically just like a really nice southern dialect you know from uh, north carolina Stephen Thompson, Wonder Boy, get it, man. Uh, okay, and then Kelvin Gastelum versus Darren Till. If you would have said right before this fight, like if, if someone was with me and didn't know anything, and um, and they were like, "Is there a chance that this fight becomes like a weird clinch battle and it's kind of lackluster?" I would have been like, "No, bro, this is gonna be a banger," and I would have. Uh, again, I probably pour my beer on myself because what the fuck? Um, this was like not as advertised in my opinion. I was like, I was looking forward to like another sort of Kelvin Gastelum style war, like the Jacare fight or the Izzy fight, um, and that's not what we got. But we did get a Darren Till um, sort of reintroduction to a new weight class, and that was nice. And I guess I have to admit right here, um, per my bet. Um, with Darren Carson and Wee Linz, I have to call French fries chips for a whole month. So we're just going to make it the entire month of November. Um, that's technically cutting off a few days, but whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll do it for the first couple of days of December as well. So, so be on the lookout for that. If you see me creeping online, 
um, definitely um, roast me for that because why would I fucking make a bet like that? Because I'm an idiot. And again, not not doubting Till. I just thought Kevin Gaslam would would get it done. So I'm really happy that um, Till proved me wrong because I I fucking love Darren Till, dude. His um, his um, post fight press conference. If you don't, um, if you didn't watch it already, definitely check that out. He he admitted to being like absolutely terrified for this fight. Didn't want to go out and lose in front of millions of people again. You know, thousands in the arena, millions at home. And um, he said he thought about faking an injury, like all these things. And even like, I've always thought the Sweet Caroline walkout was a little cheesy. Like it's it's just, it's one of those things that they play at sporting events, particularly um, British ones. And um, you know. He, he's kind of made it his gimmick or whatever, but then he told a really interesting story, um, uh, where like he said a couple months ago, the woman who does the walkout music emailed him to say, Hey, um, are we going to do sweet Caroline again? And he didn't answer her. Like he just didn't answer. And then I think like either right before he was about to walk out or like just on fight day or something, he told his coach Colin, he was like, Oh shit, make sure that's sorted. You know, um, I got to get the walkout music. And then it just hit the speakers. So maybe what, maybe it was before. I, I wasn't sure the timing on his story is a little clear, but he said like sweet Caroline hit the speakers and he just sort of like had this like f- kind of feeling of calm, like go over him. And I was like, okay, Darren Till, like that's, that's fucking awesome. And, um, so he can play Sweet Sweet Caroline for every single fight as far as I'm concerned. I don't care if you think it's a terrible song. I love that. I love that story. And now we have to talk about the main event, dude. Now, I want to be you know, completely objective here. Because I am a fan of Nate Diaz. And I am a fan of Jorge Masvidal. But we have to be honest in our assessment. Nate wasn't playing possum. Here. He wasn't um, just getting started, you know, you know, in his post fight interview. Like, here's the thing. There are certain like gimmicks in MMA fandom that we all just kind of accept. Right. Uh, like Chael's undefeated. Artem is the goat. Nate and Nick Diaz have never lost a decision. Like things like that where we just go for it, you know. But. This is not one of those times. Like we can't we can't sit here and honestly say he was playing possum. Like he said in the post interview, like he was, oh my game plan was just getting started. I was gonna wait till the fourth round. Like I don't I don't believe that for a second. Like the game plan. I mean, even if you were like not turning up the pace as much as you could have, like Chael Sonnen has said this before on his show. Like the game plan is never to get hit. Like, you can't say I was wanting him to tire himself out like Homer Simpson style. Like, uh, no. The, ga- the game plan is not to get pieced the fuck up like Jorge was doing. He was landing those body kicks just like crazy. He was hitting with some nasty elbows in the clinch off the break. I mean, that's where those cuts came from. And I'll say this. Again, this comes up a lot in the in the forum. But I was okay with the stoppage. You know, if they, I wasn't like calling for it. I wasn't sitting here saying, oh my God, he's bleeding. Stop the fight. You know, whatever. I'm never really calling for a doctor stoppage. You know, if anything, a corner stoppage, you know, or, or obviously the ref in between rounds. But I have to 
except the fact that the doctor made the call he saw fit for the amount of just blood that was opening up. And, and to be honest with you, like from the angle that we saw on TV, now there have been some, I'm not talking about the, the photos that came out after. Like there's some photos where people have close up like, would you have stopped the fight with these cuts and all this other bullshit. But um, the fucking angle we saw on TV when he was getting interviewed and even like when they had waved the fight off, it looked like his eye was falling out. Not literally his eyeball from the socket, but that whole fucking, uh, like his eyebrow and underneath his eye where those cuts were, it looked like they were just like going to continue to open up. And it only takes one good one from Jorge. And he was landing a lot of good ones to open that right up and just, and then your face is never the same. Like we have to protect these fighters from themselves. You know, and yes, Diaz is a warrior. Yes, he's tough as shit. And he he would have never fucking quit in there, you know. But this is like a Max Holloway, Brian Ortega situation. Like, you know, you got to fucking protect them from themselves. Like, I and I don't, I don't hate the idea of a rematch. But I kind of do. Mostly because this whole BMF thing, like, everyone's always saying, oh, they're going to defend it and, and this is going to lead to more other things. And, and, and no. Like, this is a one-off. They said that. That's obviously what it is. Like, this is not meant to be, uh, you know, something that that um, continues and it has, like, a whole lineage and everything. Like, no, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a one-off thing. Like, let's settle this right here and now. And the only way this wouldn't have been settled is if it was a draw. Because regardless of the controversy of that stoppage, or if you think he could have continued, or, or if, if you think that um, he was fucking just getting going or whatever stop that's it and i would say it's a, it's a very anticlimactic way to end a fight it's a very anticlimactic ending to like the, the, and this is the was the problem with the bmf fight is uh is because of the people sort of made up their own rules or their own criteria for what that means and there were people like oh is khabib a bmf he's undefeated is leon edwards a bmf he's eight no like just just stop like it's not it's not even that serious first of all and it was just it meant for two OGs been around since the fucking like 2004 you know Jorge came from fucking backyard brawls literally and you know they were just it was just a celebration of like their approach to the fight game and i had absolutely no problem with it but if you're going to do a rematch of a thing like that it just makes it weird because uh, again, like, are, are they going to book it as a co-main? And then we don't get five rounds. And here's the thing too: like, people are saying, like, oh, if it's three rounds, that obviously favors Jorge. Well, <laughs> five rounds favored Jorge too. And let's be honest: five rounds favored Jorge too. You may have thought differently going into it. I certainly took that into account. I certainly thought, oh yeah, Nate Diaz uh, has been in more five round fights. He's he's used to that. He's cardio for days. But Jorge has never faded either. Like, let's 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 be real, dude. He, he that was his fight to to win. He he was he was winning every single fucking moment of that fight, dude. Look at his face. He before he didn't look like he was in a fight. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna stop here because I think I think part of what I'm doing is just preemptively um, answering a lot of the Diaz stands that you see online, and I don't think any of those people actually listen to the podcast. Like you know, like the true ones that are out there, like you know, actively making excuses for, for Nate. Like, I don't think any of those, um, those losers actually listen to this fight, uh, <laughs> listen to this podcast. So, um, yeah, 
that's where I'm at. Overall, this was a great card. And again, despite me being like fucking, I guess, two and three um, in the main card, really, um, I, I had I had an excellent time. And this is why I, I never like to give my picks before because it just sort of takes away from the fun of watching fights, I feel. Um, so from now on, we're doing heart-only picks, baby. That's it, dude. I don't give a fuck what my brain thinks. I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm going to tell y'all what my heart is feeling. And I don't care how cheesy that sounds. <laughs> it's my podcast. Okay? So, that said, let's take a quick break and we'll get into some current events. And we're back. Thank you for enduring that for me. Now, before I get into just a couple of little uh, tidbits I have, um, I wanted to give a big shout out to G from WoTV. If you missed her coverage of UFC 244, I mean, it's a little late, but, you know, just fucking go back. Go to her timeline. It's at G from WoTV. Check it out. She brought MMA Twitter to the building. She really did. We were there. I felt like I was such a big part of Fight Week, you know, with her tweets and... Like, dude, with just asking for questions from us for the for the media day stuff, you know, hearing uh, some of people get 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 kind of little mini shout outs in those interviews with Wonder Boy and Faraz and and just man, the Kevin Lee interview was great, dude. Uh, I recommended that to someone who was not a Kevin Lee fan and it didn't 100 percent turn them on dime, but it definitely started moving in the right direction. And that's what we need, dude. Um, Shouts to G, you know, doing her thing. Proven that, you know, all, what all of us think we can do and just actually doing it. And, and I'm getting like a, almost a little choked up, but also just kind of like stumbling on my words. But I want to say, you know, gee, you know, we love you um, despite what the haters think. If you don't got haters, you're doing something wrong and um, you're definitely doing something right. So um, kudos to you, girl. Kudos. Now, the next thing is... Um, a bit is a bit sad, really, and um, th- shame on me. Th- this is a this was a massive oversight on my part to not include this in last week's episode. Um, I, I I saw it, but I just I was honestly kind of stunned, and it just like so much has come out on this, and 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 there have been many other headlines. If you if you didn't know, if you're if you're not li- living under a rock, I mean, if you if you are living under a rock and you didn't know. Walt Harris's daughter is missing. And I think I just didn't think that I could do anything about it. Um, last week, you know, when I when I had seen the news, and on, honestly, shame on me. Um, more people need to be talking about this. Um, you know, she's uh, she went missing in Auburn, Alabama. And um, I, I honestly, like, didn't... Uh, didn't think I have listeners there, but I do. I, I went and looked at my analytics. I've got listeners in Auburn, Birmingham, Oxford, which actually I was just looking at some of the names of those cities and they're very reminiscent of some cities in the UK, um, which is interesting to me. But um, man, if you're in the Auburn area, please be on the lookout for a black 2017 Honda CRV license plate 49BS356. That's her car. Uh, she was last seen uh, driving that car. Her name is Anaya Blanchard. Um, please message Walt Harris on Instagram. It's at the big ticket two zero five, or call the Auburn Police Department 
at 334-501-3140 with any info. Um, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm late on that. Go on his Instagram. There have been post updates. Um, he, he had, uh, some sort of a GoFundMe and I, the way he, he put this out there was, was just really, uh, classy. He said, I would never do this, but you know, people have, have made fake accounts or whatever to take advantage of the situation. So I decided to you know, create my own so that if people do want to give, it's going to the right place and not, um, a fucking criminal. So, um, please give, you know, I was listening to the, uh, generic MMA podcast. Shout out those lads. Um, great, uh, great podcast. And, um, Jake was saying, you know, just fucking donate, just fucking give, give whatever you can to this thing to help fund Anaya. And, um, Dana White came out, said he's, he's donated like 25,000, which is very cool of him. And I think they're going to do some sort of fundraiser. Darren Till even said, man, I, I didn't talk about this earlier, but, um, they said if Kelvin, um, gets reprimanded by the commission it's it's likely that uh you know for for the whole elbow gate which we'll get into um you know it's likely that some of his purse is going to go to darren he's like i don't want it he can keep it or give it to walt you know give it to walt harris's daughter uh, or you know for his daughter and to me it's just this is just so sad like no parent should ever go through this the man you know obviously now the story has um developed more and it's come out um he's not no longer fighting in the main event of ufc dc um overeem is at the moment without an opponent i threw my name into the ring you know i'll fight any of any of you i just weighed myself um to, actually I'm, i was checking the kelvin gaslam situation i'm 222 that's definitely within the heavyweight uh limit so overeem can get it anytime you don't want this smoke just kidding I don't want that KO. Um, but d- seriously, all jokes aside, um, if you are in that area at all, go on go on Walhurst's Instagram. First of all, so you know what she looks like. Get the license plate. If you see that car, report it, please. It makes me so sad. Um, and um, like the fact that like he was even like willing to still fight initially. Like he didn't right away say he was out of the fight. Like he was like, you know, I remember maybe that was just like optimism and hopefulness. Like we'll find her, you know, I'm still whatever, like God knows what's going through his head. So, um, we all need to be rallying behind Walt Harris. Um, just, just an awful situation. So, and that's all I have for actual news. Although it's not really news at this point. Cause you obviously I'm, I'm late on it. And, um, it's not like a breaking news or anything. It's just like a fucking uh, public service announcement, I guess, you know, to, to be on the lookout for, for Anaya, but we got to find her. But lastly, before, before I move on to the forum, I have to do something here that is just absolutely ridiculous. So bear with me. Um, this is sort of, this is sort of, we're going to call it a poor man's copyright. Because um, I had a dream, okay, and uh, this is this is this is weird. And I don't usually talk about my dreams. Um, although I did say once um, um, on Twitter that I had a dream. I went to karaoke with someone from MMA Twitter, and no one asked me about it. A bunch of people were like, "Oh, it was me," and I was like, "Huh," but no one, no one actually like said. If anyone were to ask me, I would say no. Like I'm not gonna tell you who it was, but. If the person that it was asks me, I will tell them. I will tell you that. But do it in a DM. Don't do it in a fucking um, public tweet. Um, but besides that, I had I had a dream. This is legit. 
Um, I mean, it's not really legit. But I had a dream about I was part of, and when I say part of, like not as a participant, um, I don't know if I was like an executive or um, just an, like an employee of the of this promotion. And I don't know the name of this promotion, but this was about a Japanese MMA promotion. And I don't know if this could be a because it's going to be very hard to actually do this. This is a fucking weird ass idea. Obviously, I dreamed about it, but this could be a movie. This would be fucked up. I had a dream that I was in this Japanese promotion, MMA promotion. It's sounding so stupid in my head. <laughs> the you know so you know in most Japanese MMA they fight in a ring opposed to a cage, right? So the ring was suspended in the air. Now already, you're 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 gonna say it can't be done, and you'd probably be right. This is this is gonna take a lot for this to be approved. But not only was it suspended in the air, it was first of all massive, and in it was in the shape of like a maze, right? So I don't know if it would have to be walls or whatever. But they they had like this little tournament where there was four fighters, right? One in each corner of of like a squared sort of maze uh, area, and the belt was like suspended in the middle. So it was like almost like a cross between Maze Runner and like the fucking Triwizard Tournament in Harry Potter, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Goblet of Fire, um, that's the best one. So um, just know that. But um, the fighters had to all kind of go toward it, and. Sounds so stupid, dude. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Anytime they would meet up, and it's a maze, right? So you got to find your way. Um, anytime they would meet up, they had to fight. That's it. There's like refs posted very in like various um, corridors or whatever um, to just immediately ref the fight. And um, you have to fight whenever you meet up in this maze and can only end in like there's no rounds. Just you just gotta finish them, and it's gonna be like in close quarters, so um, that's gonna play into like you know certain fighters' game plans, and um, basically last man standing gets the belt. But if you get to the belt, um, and there's someone else, like then you have to fight it out right there. Which obviously the, with the design that probably would happen, um, and I think I was like I, now I'm, I'm remembering this dream more. I think I might have been like the ring boy. Like the ring card boy, which obviously there's no rounds, but I think I was just like sort of holding up the fucking belt or like presenting it. Basically, I was the rock in this situation, okay, from last night. Um, but I say it's called poor man's copyright because um, obviously I had this dream and I was like, this has to happen. Um, it either has to happen in a movie, some weird ass movie, or I got to get on the phone with fucking Saki Kibara over in Ryzen and I got to make this shit happen. You know, in some promotion in Japan over there, and uh, it, it's probably impossible. But um, the poor man's copyright basically is um, if you don't actually copyright something, where like you go to a lawyer and you fucking patent it or whatever and do that, you can do what's called a poor man's copyright, which is to um, let's say you have an idea um, for a script or whatever, you can write it on a piece of paper, mail it to yourself with a with a date stamp over the over the seal, and when it comes back to you in the mail. Um, that's 
you know, it'll have gone through certified mail. They will have date stamped it. And then you have it that show that the seal's not broken. So if anything ever happens where someone steals your idea, you can take it to court and be like, I have the fucking seal right here, dude. And that holds up. So me putting this out there on the airwaves on my fucking podcast means if you motherfuckers try and steal my idea, I've got the poor man's copyright. This is out here already. In my own words, it's shown that I made the conceived this in my mind conceive believe achieve shut the fuck up this this is happening it may not be a year from now it may not be five years from now but i'm gonna make this shit happen okay all right uh you guys have probably already turned off the podcast at this point and that's fine so uh let's end this segment because now it just came to a screeching halt but we're gonna pick it back up with what you really came here and that's the forum. All right, guys, I am fired up to get this forum started. I can't wait. So it's going to kick things off with someone making their debut. Um, take it away. Hey, Juice, this is Jimmy the Drunk. I have two questions for you. First, I'll say I love the Volkov Hardy match. I'm a fan of both fighters. But I think it's too soon for Hardy to fight a top heavyweight, and he'll be stopped in the second round. With that said, I think it will be highly beneficial for Hardy to get this experience, and it will help his development accelerate. How do you see this fight playing out, and do you agree it will help Hardy even if he loses? Second, and more importantly, do you and your wife fart in front of each other? <laughs> Great question. Thank you so much for sending it in, and I'm glad you made your debut, Jimmy the Drunk. And uh, so that's a two-parter, Volkov versus Hardy. I'm going to give my pick later, but um, if Hardy loses, I think it probably will be bad for him. Uh, I mean, it depends on how, right? If he gets um, just beaten from pillar to post, uh, sort of like Lewis did, but just without the... um, come from behind win. If if we see that kind of fight and he loses, absolutely. I mean, his confidence will just be shot. But um, if it's either a quick knockout or maybe a submission, uh, like he just says, oh, I know I got things to work on or whatever, it probably won't. I mean, what sucks is if he wins, he's going to look like a hero for stepping up on short notice, uh, especially after that whole inhaler gate thing. So he's got a chance to redeem himself. And um, I almost see this as a, as a win-win for, for Greg. Um, unless he does get dominated, um, and do my wife and I fart in front of each other. First of all, if you know me, like if, if you know me in person, right? If you're someone that I know that I have the worst farts of anyone, you know, there's, I've never met anyone worse than me and I love my wife. So I try not to fart in front of her, but we're so comfortable that sometimes I do. She does not. Um, I mean, she kind of does. So, I mean, I guess the answer is yes, but <laughs> she would also hate if I said that on the podcast. So I'll just say, no, she's a lady and uh, she does not. But um, uh, lets me do it, really. Or I just do it and I'm an asshole, I guess. All right, here we go. Another one from this is another debut, sort of. Um, we had one half of Lat B on uh, last episode and um, now we got the other half. 
Fight pick championship hip, and I made you all my bitch. This is Chaney from Lappy calling, fighting with myself. So juice, it's on you. I hope your response is snappy. Your podcast is good, but your picks compare to the warrior they call happy. Fighting with myself, calling, fighting with myself. Again, this is Chaney from Lap B. Peace out fighting with myself. Uh oh, uh oh. Well, keep talking your shit. You ain't gonna win the Fight Pick Championship. Cause I got the selections and I'm fucking in action. And this is fighting with myself. Man, I tried so hard to come up with a better response. You win this round, Chaney. Uh, and I don't know about the totals for the picks yet for this week. But I'm winning. Don't worry about it. I already got my fucking formula down. Uh, I feel like a fighter every time this fucking every week of this five week championship because I'll I'll be like, this is the best training camp I've ever had. <laughs> I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm like my picks are better than ever. Um, I, I figured I finally figured everything out. Everything's gelling. Um, I'm telling you, my heart was right on these last two fight cards. It's insane. Like, if I were just to go with my gut of what I feel and what I know, I, I would be fucking... I suffered from paralysis by analysis these last two weeks. And you guys know, I have no problem being wrong in a fight, so I kind of don't give a fuck. But I just, I, I hate that people are doing better than me. I, I like to think I'm somewhat competitive. And so, from now on, I'm like, I'm still going to not give a fuck, but I'm going to go with what I know. Instead of trying to be something that I'm not. So I'm going to be picking with my heart from now on again. And like I said, in the past, sometimes I don't just pick with my heart. I pick with my dick. So sometimes my dick is right too. Um, I guess you check out Lap B. Again, I say if you're um, someone who bets on fights, um, they, they cover the, the lines pretty well. Or at least that's that's part definitely part of their analysis. And they kind of try and give advice, which is cool. Because if you're uh, a gambler, you definitely need advice. All right, this is uh, another great question from a regular. Yo, Juice. Sawat D, my friend. Fucking the first TIE fighter in the UFC made her debut, Miss Loma Lubunmi, and she fucking won. It was great. I was really excited. She put on a pretty good performance. Uh, a couple of things could have been better. I don't have time for that. This is only a minute-long conversation. But with Loma w- winning, that gives Tiger Muay Thai, another UFC fighter, who is the first Thai fighter, it gives them a, uh, another fighter, and it gives them another win, which I'm super stoked for because I really like them. Um, which brings me to my question. Uh, who do you think is the best um, fight team outside of the United States? Um, there's all kinds. You know, all kinds of different countries have really great teams with – uh, potential champions and stuff. So, yeah, I'm just curious what you think, man. Oh, man. The title of this is Every Time I Record, I Hit My Bowl. I recorded this four times. <laughs> Love it. Um, I know not everyone smokes weed, um, but it'd be cool if everyone did that sends questions to this podcast because high questions are the best questions. And I just want to say, I don't judge anyone for not. It's been a long time since I smoked, and I'm just trying to get back into it. But um, it's also annoying to be like, am I the only one on here who doesn't smoke weed? Uh, no one cares. <laughs> okay? Um, just like no one cares if you do smoke weed as well. It's like, 
just we can just be happy together. You know, we're got a nice stoner family here, and you can have a non-stoner family as well. But we can all be part of the same MMA family, and that's fine, dude. Um, greatest um, fight camp out of the United States. Uh, this is a tough question. Right, City Kickboxing is killing it, dude. That's Eugene Behrman, Israel Asana's head coach, Dan Hooker. You know, Dan Hooker is one or two wins away from fighting in the t- fighting for the title. Izzy just fought for the title and won. Volkanovski's fighting for the title later on this year. Kaikara France is looking good. Like, that gym is on fire. Eugene Behrman, also one of the nicest fucking guys. You know, go. I know a lot of you guys hate Ariel for no reason, but go and listen to his interview with Eugene. Um, I loved it. It was great. Um, but um, so I would say if I had to pick city kickboxing, but you know, there's, there's other gyms as well that are, that are killing it. Um, you know, the fucking, what's it called? The MMA factory or, or wherever Francis Ngannou started with and that Cyril, Cyril Gan trains with. I mean, that's just two guys, but these are, these are fucking killers, you know? So if I if I were to say my favorite, probably the most successful city kickboxing, but I would throw um, that in there as well. Or I was thinking also um, Darren Till's team, Team Calburn, I think. Um, and um, fuck me for not knowing the name, but whoever M- Molly McCann trains with, that's also got Patty Pimblett and goddamn Chris Fishgold. They're killing it, dude. If you don't like if you don't like Molly McCann, you listen to ASMR videos for fun. And that's fine, but you 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 watch ASMR videos for fun, and that's fine. If you don't like Molly McCann, all right. He's th- this is another one from Shane Terry. He's titled this "Always Too Excited for Future Fights." Yo, Juice, what's your favorite Vincente Luque fight? Obviously, he said that when he was um, pumped up for the fight earlier in this week. I got a lot of early ones this week, which is cool. And um, a lot of you guys were awesome. And it turns out some of them were right, which is interesting. Um, and uh, Vicente Luque, I will say this. This fight with Wonder Boy may be my favorite Wonder Boy fight. I mean, that was just insane. Um, but my favorite Vicente Luque fight, probably the Bar- Bryman Bar... Blah. Brian Barbarena fight. Go back and rewatch that if you haven't. Fucking amazing. Speaking of another early submission. Juice, this is your boy, Mixed a Man, calling in ahead of UFC 244 because I want to know how big of a brick is MMA Twitter going to shit when Corey Anderson spoils Johnny Walker's coming out party. Get at me. Ha! <laughs> And yes, I've got the fucking time date stamp. He sent that in October 29th. He absolutely called this one. Um, and I was, so, I, I remember like, I, I listened to it when I was driving home. And obviously I picked Walker. I, I, he, he sends me this, this message and I'm playing it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Mick. I was about to message him. Or I was trying to send him an, another one back. I'm like, you know, if he wins or if he if if Corey loses, I'm 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 gonna play this and and I'm gonna roast you. But actually, I was gonna message him and be like, "Hey, do you do you want me to use it?" I felt like such a fucking piece of shit when Corey Anderson won, dude. So credit to Mick and uh, everyone else. But I will say this: you probably felt like the only person picking Corey. But every person picking Corey felt that, and I felt like it was actually pretty divided. And like there were plenty of people to be like, 
Oh, I said I said earlier I sounded that tweet that said Johnny Walker's gonna send Corey Anderson into a highlight reel, but well this tweet aged well or how'd that work out for you? Well, this tweet aged like milk. Feck off. I see every one of you and you's made me feckin' list. Okay? You's made me feckin' list. Alright, um love you, Mick. That was a great question. Cause you fucking called it. That's it. How big of a I guess to answer the question, how big of a brick is MMA Twitter gonna shit? I certainly should have fucking brick, dude. But the people that were roasting me, they either didn't care or didn't want to admit it or were right, and, and they didn't shit a brick. So all fucking 200 of you who liked the tweet that said I'm a fucking casual that was quoting the Johnny Walker tweet, you just made me fucking list. You just made me fucking list. Yo, Juice, it's Pam. You know the deal. It's Friday. I'm on my lunch break. Scrolling Twitter, I see Jennifer Myers missed weight. Right. So I'm not mistaken, that's like the second time she's missed weight in a row. Other time was against your girl, Roxy. Anyway, I just think it's bullshit that you're considered, air quotations, number five in the world at straw weight, and you can't fucking make straw weight. Give me your opinion on it. So he meant flyweight. I knew, I knew what he meant. Um, that was just a mistake. But my God, dude. How many fucking times is this going to happen and we just forget about it? The UFC needs to have a rule. If you can't make weight, if you have two, especially two in a row, dude, you pulled from the rankings. That's it. If you're not a, uh, if you can't make that weight, you don't deserve to be in that weight's rankings. That's it. Just, just fucking, uh, this makes me so mad. And... I, I'm one of those people that like, um, if I disagree with a rule, that doesn't mean I'm not going to follow it. Like the rules are the fucking rules. And whilst I hate weight cutting, hate that it's a thing, hate that, um, you know, pe- there's not enough weight classes. Although I, that, that's just another conversation for another day because I actually think more weight classes might ruin the business side of MMA. Um, that certainly did for boxing. But um, it just will make things fucking healthier and safer, probably, hopefully. But um, there needs to be some sort of rule to, 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 to make that better. But it, it, the fact that the rule exists now, that you have to make weight and you only get one pound allowance, which I think should be done away with anyway. But fucking... Like, okay, she gets somewhat of a pass for the last one for it being short notice. But I think it was like three or four weeks, dude. To me... A pass for missing weight on short notice if it's the week of. Like if it's some something crazy where like, you know, we're not losing our main event or or this is this fighter needs to make a payday. We need to get them a fight and someone is willing to step up. Like you get a fucking like, like do a catch weight or something. But if you had if you signed the contract that said I can make hundred and twenty five pounds on July twentieth in San Antonio, Texas, and I signed the contract that I can make hundred and twenty five pounds on November well I'm listing the date, the dates of the fight. I should have fucking listed the the date of the weigh-ins. November first, fucking 2019 for USA 244. You should make the fucking wait. That's it. My cats are looking at me like I'm crazy. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. You're not even looking at me. But fuck, man. That I I can't believe this point anymore. Make fucking wait. All right. Um. Love this question. Someone else making their debut. Here we go. 
Hello Juice. This is at Hayden underscore MMA2 on Twitter. If it don't tell you on here, I mean, if it don't tell you like, on the message thing, just letting you know. Alright, from GMMA Pico, listen, if you want to. I don't know. Best podcast, Corona. Oh, my question today, right? Are you on the Zabit hype train? The Zabit Magomed Shapirov, Sharipov, whatever you call him. Are you on? Are you on his hype train or not? Because I think he smells. I really do. I think he stinks. I don't like his hair, and I don't like him. And I hope Calvin Cater knocks him out. <clears throat> so, are you on the Zabit hype train or not? No, I'm fucking not. I promised I would answer this question in my best northern accent and right now it's shit. But thank you for the question, Hayden. You should all go check out fucking GMMAP, which, lad, if I'm honest, should be a, do a better job of letting people know what it stands for and that's Generic MMA Podcast. But yeah, Zabit, overrated. I hope Calvin Cater knocks his fucking head off. I said this last time he sent in the a question with the guitar. I almost opened the show with this. And I was even closer this time. Like, if I was a 7 out of 10 last time, I was probably an 8 or a 9 this time. I, like, I woke up this morning. Like, usually when the fights end, okay, I know the intro I'm going to use. If it's the classic one, I know my lyrics. If it's a different one, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait. To, I'm going to do a different one. I'm going to change it up. This one, I had no goddamn idea. I even, I was just, like, I didn't have an idea for a new one. And I was thinking, I was like, what am I going to do with the fucking old one? Uh, the original, uh, the Billy Idol dancing with myself. I was like, uh, I can't even remember. I had the one that was, like, okay. But I was like, I, I can't do one that's okay for, for 244. Are you kidding me? I got to bring the fire. And then Smokey J sent this in this morning. And I was like, fuck yeah. But then I was like. Do I want to? Do I want to start the show and have it end with that little question? And then I, I literally was like, you know what? Let me go on Spotify right now. Old sponsor of the podcast, by the way, Spotify. Good people over there. I was like, let me let me just see if there's any good songs that I know that have bad in the title that would work for this. I, I first thing I searched for was "Bad" by Michael Jackson, and I was like, "Because he's bad, he's bad, you know it." And I was like, 
no, that's not going to work. Like, I couldn't come up with anything. I was like, fuck that. And then a Billie Eilish song came on the radio, I think. And I was like, oh my God, bad guy. Fuck yeah. And that's it. That's how this uh, intro was born. And it fucking took me longer than... Um, well, actually, uh, the Wanda song probably took the most um, to get down. But um, that's just, it's just hard to get the, the meter to work with changing the lyrics in Spanish. Um, but this one was fucking the hardest. Um, it took me like a goddamn hour to get that shit. So you're welcome. Man, Smokey J, what a great question. I almost forgot. Um, cause it seemed like he did a 180. You were like, yeah, they lost that fucking fight and he lost because of his scar tissue. Anyway, juice, what do you think about this stoppage? Ah, fucking bollocks. Ah, the eyebrows going to fall off. Yeah. And then he went, was that Grover at the end? What was that? I loved it. I loved everything about it. This question was an 11 out of 10, Smokey. Good. Well done. Um, but actually I'll do, I'll take this opportunity to do a quick plug. You know, I like to, um, not only shamelessly plug my stuff, but also my friends and, and contemporaries. Um, I took a break from recording to jump on, um, the Fook with David McGrath and him and I talked extensively about this. And, um, long story short, we both, uh, agree with the stoppage. And, um, I think I said this at the opening, but I'll just reiterate, if not, uh, sort of give a different take. Um, I think if it had gone to a fourth, based on how the first three went, there is no universe that Nate Diaz wins that fight. Short of maybe catching him in a submission, because that sort of almost happened, but Masvidal was sort of winning some of those scrambles. I mean, he he held his own, and he was able to keep the fight standing. He was dominant in the clinch. Like, I, I, just, I just don't think it, it was the wrong stoppage. I, I don't. Like, you know... Um, to um to 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 reference that um interview with not interview but the the podcast I just did with David McGrath he's when the ringside doctor gets out the light it's because they they're seeing bone and so you gotta acknowledge that the doctor sees what they see and we can talk about the the pictures online and say look at that and you know whatever but um and actually he made a great point as well um. A lot of people are comparing it to the Fury-Schwartz fight um, from a few weeks ago. And then Fury fought for 12 rounds like that. You know, he's saying that, that that's just because of the corrupt sport of boxing. You know, if that was an MMA fight, they would have stopped that too. And I was like, yeah, he's right, dude. Like, th- that... I, I can't believe people are calling this a controversial stoppage. Like, Dr. Stoppages always get a bad rap. They're like, oh, let him bleed. Let him fight. You know, but... Um, I just think live to fight another day. Nate has taken so much goddamn damage in his career, which is why that even opened up in the first place. But, like, come on. What do you want? His fucking eye to fall off? Apparently Smokey J does. According <laughs> to that ending of the question. I don't know if you're being facetious or not, but fucking hell, dude. All right. Moving on to Chris Miller. Hey, Juice and the rest of the MMA Twitter. This is the only way is MMA. Regarding last night's fights, fucking excellent night of fights, right for the get-go, right through to the end. Uh, obviously, we get a bit of disappointment with the Diaz-Masvidal ending. If that plays out again, uh, we obviously, if Dana runs that back, which I take it he will, do we get the five-rounder again? 
or is it just going to put it as a as the co-main event of an event? So then we just get the three rounder. So then that favours Masvidal, which we all know, which is pretty unfair. Uh, or are they going to make another big hyped up event and do part two? What's your opinion on this? Just catch you in a bit. All right, there's a lot to unpack there. I actually don't think they're going to run it back. Dana said in the press conference, he said he sees no reason to. And um, if we're playing devil's advocate, if they do run it back, it might be a co-main. But title fights are five rounds, baby. Obviously, it's not real. It probably will be a fucking... And, and I said this too, like that, that my whole thing with running it back is like, it's it was a one-off thing. The, the whole BMF thing, like, like fuck it. Like, if, if they were to not, if that never got mentioned, if they didn't do the whole fanfare with the goddamn rock and uh, the creating the belt and the black diamond belt and, and whatever, like, fine, run it back. But even still, like, it wasn't competitive, really. I mean, it wasn't like a beating. You know, Nate was getting off some offense, but, but Jorge won all three of those first rounds. Like, he did not. Nate Diaz did not win any of any of those rounds. He just didn't. And, I, and I'm sorry, and I love Nate, but he didn't. Um, and so, so even say, and I said this before to say that a, th- a three round fight would fa- favor Masvidal and it would be unfair to rebook it as a three round fight. Pish posh. <laughs> the five round fight favored Jorge as well. If he if he had just even coasted those last two, if they would let it continue, which obviously he wouldn't have, he would have won. Like <laughs> that's it, dude. That's it. But thank you for the question. It was nuts from from top to bottom. Amazing card. Well, looky who we got here. Motherfucking Charlie Brownson. Looky here, Charlie. What's up, Fighting With Myself podcast? It's your boy. I say do a lot. Yeah, I woke up this morning. Bummed. Jorge was taking it to Nate. Like to see the rematch. Also like to see Nate finish the counter trilogy. Um, I don't know if I really have a question in here. My thing is this: The Rock was there. Big stars in attendance. The fucking president was there. It was huge for the UFC. And people can talk about it becoming entertainment over sport. But I love it, man. It's going to give the fighters, eventually, you know, with more money earned, it's going to give them more leverage. And I like that. Great night of fights. Love the show, Juice. What's up, DM crew? First of all, got to commend this guy for A, being one of the biggest DS fans on Twitter that I know, and also one of the most, like, cool about taking the loss, if you will. Um, I, I when I saw the the message come through, I expected it to be like "fuck this, this is bullshit." <laughs> but no, I mean, but credit to you. Uh, I personally would not like to see the rematch, but I would I would see the Connor trilogy. Um, it kind of interests me, but um, other than that, I don't really see any other fights for Nate. Um, just kind of where where he's at in his career. Not that I'm saying he should retire, like he's. He's definitely not like washed up or anything. Just like what, like what else is out there for him? Like he's not interested in like any contender fights or whatever. He's only interested in big money fights and and doing something like that. And that's 
that's really it's just the Connor fight and if they book the rematch. But um, I'll also commend you for this, and I I agree with what you said about we we should the title of this ep- uh, message says we should be applauding UFC's big night, and you're right. Um, the Rock, regardless of what you think, and, and I was defending this. I was saying that the fact that The Rock was putting the belt on the winner, um, I was okay with it because. If Dana were to put it on, it would sort of be like acknowledging the title in a way that it shouldn't be acknowledged. You know, it shouldn't be part of a thing like. Um, also, we didn't talk about this. I hated that they said baddest mother ever. Oh, like so glad the belt actually said motherfucker on it. But dude, no. Um, secondly, like The Rock is the biggest movie star there's no one bigger i mean he's like we don't really have movie stars anymore we have just like you know high profile actors like maybe leonardo dicaprio maybe tom cruise but they're also sort of from the last generation really like the rock could be in like the most mundane movie and you put him in it it fucking sells and he will do anything like he's a movie star like a legit movie star and um just him being there and holding the title walking walking in strutting like that was fucking badass and um, like you said, the president being there, regardless of how you feel about him, and we all know that I, I think very lowly of him, um, that is monumental. And we should be crediting the UFC for that. Like Regardless of what you feel, like the fact that they, they had Trump there, forget the Trump, they had the president. You know, at any given time, they had the president. That's fucking awesome. Um, and it just, it, it, it was just fucking great, so... Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Right, Juice. It's me from over the sea. It's your boy, Joe Blog 74. God, I really don't know what to ask today because there's so much to cover after last night. It was such an amazing event. Like, who's everybody going to fight next, you know? Who's Masvidal going to fight next? I'm not interested in him fighting there at all because he rinsed him for three. I think it arranged him for last two if it had carried on. Zifar, Connor, not interested. Colby, I wanted to fight Colby to tell you the truth. I mean, I'd even like to see him move up to middleweight. What do you reckon? And Walker, who's it? Where's he going to go? Where's Corey going to go? My God, don't know what to say. <laughs> Can't digest it all. Ladies. Joe fucking blogs, ladies and gentlemen. What a man. I love how he sounds just like Sean Bean. And if you don't know who Sean Bean is, that's Ed fucking Stark. Ned fucking Stark. Eddard fucking Stark. Um, Jorge Masvidal, where does he go from here? I don't know. I don't rightly know, Joe. I would like to see him fight Colby as well. I don't really want to see him fight Connor. Or anyone else. I don't know why all of a sudden my voice got quiet. I think it's because I'm not that confident in this dialect. But you know I like to bring the energy. So let's bring it back up. Fucking Jorge versus Colby. And I I was thinking about this when I was talking to David McGrath. Um, Colby versus Usman is a great fight. And it's sort of an even matchup. But if Kamara wins... Do you really want to see Camaro versus Jorge? I mean, stylistically, 
Jorge versus Colby and Jorge versus Camaro is the same fight, really. Um, but Camaro is a little bigger and uh, probably better striker as well. But I don't think he's going to want to stand with Masvidal necessarily. So we should all be praying, and David said this, credit to him, we should all be praying that Colby wins. Because can you imagine the fucking buildup for, for Jorge and Colby? The fucking bad blood there is real. And for once, we would be seeing the real Colby. And, and and the vitriol that would just go back, like, it might get ugly. But man, I fucking can't wait for that. I can't. I I, I really I really can't. So um at this point, um even though Leon Leonardo is probably more deserving, Jorge probably will get the next title shot. Um but um uh yeah, I, I I don't know. Time timelines are always hard to predict, you know, with with fights. So I think probably I don't want to see him move to middleweight. I heard you say that um, he's not a big welterweight. He used to fight at one fifty five. Um, I do not want to see him uh, move up to middleweight, at all. Unless if there's a middleweight that wants to come down, that's fine. Um, but but no. Yo, Juice. My question is Gregor Gillespie. He, I mean, he just got to, like, that level where people are like, yo, this dude's badass, you know. This dude's going to be something. Then he just gets fucking murdered. Like, how far does his stock file after this? It plummets, dude. By the way, if you couldn't tell, I don't think he introduced himself. That was Lil Uzi again, a.k.a. Pam. Hashtag fuck Pam. Um, but... It plummet. It already like Gregor was talked about amongst the hardcore fans as being the next guy, but you know amongst casual fans, and I don't mean that in the derogatory sense of people saying, "Oh, you fucking casuals." Like I just mean like people who casually watch the sport. They don't know who the fuck he is, and this would have been a coming out part of the the the, the opening fight on uh, one of the biggest pay per views of the year, headlined by two of the biggest stars in the sport. Um, this was his fucking time to shine. And he blew it. You fucking blew it, as Robert De Niro would say. <laughs> you blew it. You had your chance and you blew it. Like, he... Oh, man. Gregor Gillespie, man. <laughs> Fuck. I don't even know what's next for him. Like, I I, I can't even think of any... Ma- like, if he would have won, I would have been like, oh, you could do Gregor versus Islam. Oh, you could do Gregor versus Dan Hooker. I'm like, oh, there's a, there's only f- other fun matchups. But fuck that, dude. Take your ass back to the prelims, Gregor Gillespie. Get that man bun out of here. Go fishing for a while. That's what I say. That's what's next for him. Juice and all you motherfucking juice heads. How you like that main event, eh? Who's the baddest motherfucker now? Of course, it's always been game bread moss with all motherfuckers. I love it. Good job, boys. Now we need to have Colby beat Usman. And then when we get game bread, beat the fuck out of Colby. Buddy, my life will be so happy then. So I don't really have a question for you, man. I'm just so fucking stoked for Jorge. I love it. 
Sorry to all you Nate stands. I'm a Nate fan as well. Don't get me wrong, but come on, man. The Diaz army is out strong now. Give all their excuses they want. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Hashtag fuck Pam. Have a good day. What a fucking legend, dude. I feel like I say that after every call from Jim, but God damn it, he's right. Just reiterated basically everything I said from that uh, response to the other question, but fucking hell, dude. I love that. First of all, the way you ended up, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, hashtag fuck Pam. It reminded me, actually, of Nate's first press conference with Connor um, when they first announced he was going to replace RDA. And Connor was saying some shit, and Nate just goes, fuck you, fuck your belt, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, dude. Goddamn Jim soon. He's the father we all wish we had. Let's be real. He's already living his best life. Hi, Juice. It's Laura. Kevin Lee pulled off quite the impressive win. I was not expecting it. I had Gregor winning. Um, So what's next for him? I'm not sure where I see him going. What do you think? I don't know. It it sucks that, you know, I feel like Kevin Lee kind of was pushed too hard initially. Like, when he fought Tony for the interim title, I was like, I don't, I don't think he's ready for this title. I really don't. And with the UFC, with the way the rankings are set up, once you take that next step, there's really no going back. Like, that's why he had to fight RDA in his first move up to 170. He fought a fucking ranked guy who's a killer, who's a former champion. Like, and and that's why people were, were ready to write him off from these losses. And uh, again, I, I did too, sort of. Like, you know, I I had Gregor winning as well, but my heart was always with Kevin Lee. The fucking hell, dude. Uh, I think the Islam fight actually. I think Kevin Lee uh, should fight Islam. That's probably too soon. I, I don't know if I would pick him in that. I mean, well, now that I'm just like, I'm abandoning all fucking whatever and I'm always sticking with it, yeah, I would pick him, but um, I don't know if he wins that, you know, but fucking hell. Thank you for the question, Laura. Still holding it down is the only female on the show, um, like for the most part. Although Jimmy the Drunk, that was a female. Threw me for a loop. I loved it. All right, last question here. Shane Tara. Man, was I wrong about Steven Thompson? That fight was fucking crazy. Um, I guess I didn't even have a question. I just, I'm really, really impressed that he, he really took it to Luke like that, man. Luke obviously won the first round. And then Thompson made all the adjustments he needed to and just started whooping that ass. Fuck. Uh, man, I feel bad for Luke. I really like that guy. I wanted to see him go further, like... I thought maybe he was ready for a Leon Edwards uh, rematch or something, but, man, goddamn Stephen Thompson. I'm excited to see who he fights next. Uh, yeah, like I said, no questions, you know, just comments. Thanks, bro. Keep up the good work. Love it. We're going to uh, end, uh, end on a positive note there. Love it. And um, I think that message perfectly encapsulates how a lot of us felt about a lot of the fights. Like, holy shit, I wrote this person off. Holy shit, didn't see that coming. You know, 
certain people did did see it coming for certain fights, but th- you can't say that about every fight on this card. I think there were there were a lot of like kind of wild matchups that we we kind of didn't know either way. Fucking hell! Thank you, Shane. Thanks for always sending in tons of questions. I lied. Actually, there's a few more. I was I was saying there's that was the last of the voice questions from a certain section, but I've got I've got <laughs> I've got a few more. Um, of course, everybody's favorite. Well. We'll just kick it off. Hey there, Juice. It's the Raging Sweet Potato, all the way from the northern wilds of Canada. I've got a question for you, if you don't mind me asking. Last night at UFC 244, we saw Corey Anderson act like a complete douchebag after his TKO victory over Johnny Walker. Once the ref had waved the fight off, Anderson continued to try and get in the face of Walker, screaming and throwing tantrum like a goddamn toddler whose pinky's in the washing machine. All over a perceived slight from the fans in the UFC, going so far as to snap down the referee. I understand that emotions run high in prize fighting, but if we as fans support this kind of behavior, we're doing a serious disservice to ourselves and to the fighters who can keep themselves composed. When Roy Nelson kicked Big John in the butt after his fight with Bigfoot, Uncle Dana said the following. You don't ever, ever put your fucking hands on a referee or your feet for any reason whatsoever. You don't do it. In his post-fight scrum, Anderson doubled down on his idiocy and gave the UFC an ultimatum. Title shot or release me. Personally, I say release the jackass. Now I know that Dan intends to be a bit wishy-washy with his application of punishments to offending parties. So my question is this. Should the UFC adopt an official zero-tolerance policy in regards to attacking referees? Or should that be solely at the discretion of the commission? And what should the punishment be for violating the policy? Hope, gotta run, heading to Tim Hortons for a double-double and a maple dip. <laughs> I was wondering when Tim Hortons was going to make an appearance in those stereotypes. Dude, I love the question. I love the way you set it up. And to me, it comes down to this. Fighter rights. They have none. And if you're a fighter, and I'm again, I'm not audacious enough to think that any uh, f- fighters in the UFC are listening to this podcast, save for maybe one. But sign a Project Spearhead card if that's still a thing. And if it's not, let me know. Uh, because to me, you can't have your cake and eat it too, UFC. Because at the way the contracts are structured, they are independent contractors. But the way the procedures of the UFC are implemented, they are employees. And the, the rights that they have are, are just non-existent, right? And so to have like that sort of What I was about to say is I think they need to institute some sort of a zero-tolerance policy for that and just sort of a code of conduct in general, but that'll never happen, right, because they're independent contractors, but the way they're being, you know, manipulated or whatever, the, the way some of the things are done, that is is what you do with employees, so they could and should, but I don't think they will, you know, the commissions definitely need to do something about it, but you know, if we're waiting on the commissions, we're going to be fucking old and gray before that's going to happen. But yeah, yeah, I mean that, that to me is unacceptable to to put your hands on a ref like that. I I totally forgot about it when I was doing my recap. Unacceptable. And yeah, he did sort of double down on it in the scrum, saying that they should release him. Um, and I actually think like to me, like the ultimate punishment is to not release him. And like Dana was talking about this in the in the 
uh, post by press conference, they asked him about that ultimatum, and he was like, "Really?" He, he was saying how Corey Anderson came in to, to fight with a huge chip on his shoulder, saying like, "You guys are trying to get me beat." And he was like, "It's like I'm not trying to get anyone beat. I'm trying to make fights. Like, if, if you think you can can beat the guy, go out and prove it." He's like, "This time he showed. He was actually like somewhat complimentary of Corey's performance, at least in his actions. Um, didn't really comment on the actions, um, but he was saying, uh, you know." He, he can't just demand a title shot, especially when you have a guy like Reyes who just had a, a nice win over Weidman. So he, you know, basically the, the message from Dana was like, take the fights that we give you. And when your contract is up, if you don't want to stick around, then don't stick around. So he basically said, I'm not going to cut you. I'm going to make you fight out your fucking contract and you're not going to be fighting John Jones. <laughs> That's what he said. Fucking hell. All right. Another, another, um, another great question here. Yo, g'day Juice mate, how you doing? Ollie Ra here, just wanted to get your thoughts on Robert Whittaker cancelling his upcoming tour and uh, meet and greet that was coming up in November and December. So apparently he's had to get back into training because there was an opportunity that he couldn't pass up. So uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on what you think this opportunity is. Uh, do you think it could be the easy rematch since Costa's out? You know, it was looking like it was going to be Yoel, but, you know, it would make sense, Whitaker beating Yoel twice, that he got that over Yoel. But, um, personally, I would rather Whitaker fight someone else, you know, get back, get back in the win column, work his way back up, and not just get this rematch, like, you know, too soon. But, yeah, so let us know what you think. Cheers. Okay, I have some thoughts on this. Now, I'm, I'm again, I'm going to plug the Fook with David McGrath because him and I talked about this a little bit. I mentioned it. He talked about fantasy booking for jo- like what's next for Jones and, and what's next for Adesanya. And I won't spoil it because he had some very pertinent stuff to, to say on that. But you should go check it out because basically after hearing that, I don't think they're going to book that fight with, with Rob. Um, I wouldn't hate it. Um, but... Um, I think the, and I'm speculating here, the opportunity that he left the tour for is either the winner of Gasolum Till, because even if, even though this came out before the fight, you know, not knowing who the winner is, I think either would make sense because he was already matched up with Gastelum. That would have made sense, especially if Gastelum won. And then, um, if Till wins, he's a surging prospect you know, just took out Gaslam, like that also makes sense. And it's a great fight. Rob is a former welterweight as well. I think they're keen to book when welterweights move up to middleweight and, and middleweights move up to light heavyweight. I think they're keen to book, you know, light, people from old weight classes, if that makes sense. Um, but uh, I would say it's either that. It will now till. So now I would guess either till or cannoneer. Uh, both, I think, are very likely and would make sense. So fucking hell. All right, one more from my mate, Ali Ra. Yo, what up, Juice? Ali Ra here. Um, you've probably got a few questions on this already, so like, all good if you don't need to answer it. But, um, holy fuck, what a fucking card. That, first of all, I just got to say that, because Jesus Christ, every fucking fight was just amazing. And um, But the main event, Masvidal Diaz, 
Uh, my question is, do you think they need to run it back? Masvidal was, you know, he was putting that work in and um, looking great. Diaz didn't really get much off. You know, he hit a few few good shots, but it just didn't really seem to affect Masvidal at all. And I didn't see Jorge slowing down or, you know, he did a little bit, but it didn't look like there was really a chance for Nate to start taking over. But then again, you never know what the fuck could happen in those fourth and fifth. But, yeah, so my question is, do you think they need to run this back? Cheers. All right, so we started off by saying it's, it's okay if you already got a ton of questions on this. But I'll say this. So I basically already answered the question. You know, you can go back and listen to the prior, you know, other questions in this episode and also my feeling at the top. Um, short answer, no, I don't think they should run it back. But to your point of, you know, you already got a question on this. Unless I get a ton of the same question, I will always play all these questions and always read off the, off the Twitter forum as well. I'll always read them because I think the goal of this podcast is building a community and um, we need to hear from each other, especially in this case, literally your own voice. Uh, and it just adds another layer. Um, so just to hear everyone's take, it's not just the fact like, yes, if you were to boil it down to it, that question was about should they run it back? But overall, give us thoughts on the fight card. Fucking talked about how, the reason why, you know, Masvidal was piecing him up. Like there's reasons that, that that's different from the other questions. So, so hats off to you. And uh, that does it for the voice questions officially. Um, so we're going to go back to Raging Sweep Potato. He sent me a couple good um, questions over DM um, this week, which are awesome and I want to highlight. Um, he said, with the PI, and I can almost like hear in his voice, like, with the PI offering tailored meal, I'm so, so bad. That wasn't even a good attempt. Um, with the PI offering tailored meal plans for fighters and the change in USADA slash UFC policy regarding verified supplements, do you think it's possible that in the future, the mad scientists at the PI will be tailor-making supplements for individual fighters? Great question. First of all, if you don't know what he's alluding to or referring to, the change in policy is basically um, USADA put out a, li- a list of of supplements or basically their own brand of supplements or, or what have you that created with the help of the PI um, that if you, you know, that they are pretty much guaranteed not to pop. And if you do pop for one of those, it'll, it'll be uh, as long as it's like a trace amount or whatever, you'll basically be forgiven, which I think is a kind of a step in the right direction for that. Um, and do I think that the, the mad scientists at the PI will be tailor making supplements for individual fighters? I don't know if, if it will get there, but I wouldn't be surprised, right? Like if you watch the embedded videos, there was that nerd that, that was like, uh, oh, we're taking a more pharmaceutical approach for supplementation. And, and I thought that was kind of an interesting way of, of presenting that. Um, but I was just uh, having a laugh there. I'm obviously a nerd. Um, <laughs> but uh, the fucking, th- that would be awesome, you know, just to have basically like like legally juiced up fighters that, you know, you can you can know that everyone's on the same playing field because they're also having these other supplements. So it's kind of a weird gray area that I don't mind. Like, I don't think um, anti-doping is black and white. I think there are a gray area. There are gray areas, and that sort of falls into a gray area of it. So great question. And another great question says, should the unified rules of MMA 
be adapted to include a provision for instances like Burgos versus Amir Khani, where one fighter is so gassed he can't even stand up. Pretty much the opposite of a boxing eight count. You're on your feet and ready in five, or it's a TKO. Dude, you hit the nail on the head. And I was watching that fight, and I wasn't thinking about a rule change, but I was thinking about a fucking something. I was I was thinking either stop the fight or 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 what have you. Like I, I really was like, why are they letting this go on? I've never seen I, that. That's the slowest I've seen anyone stand up from from being on the on the ground and then the ref stands it up like what the fuck like dude so whilst we've said on this podcast a lot that the rules are in the hands of the commissions and commissions are never in the habit of admitting that they're doing something wrong or willing to adapt and um progress if you will uh i think they should look at something like that if that happens if that keeps happening or, or whatever and they don't take a look at it, it's fucking cause for riot because r- really that, that was just so egregious. Like my, my, I commented on it after like the second or third time he did it where I would, like I verbally said something out loud, like, dude, he's fucking taking forever to get up. And my wife was like, yeah, he's, he did that the last two times as well. I'm like, yeah. And it was terrible then as well. Like, no, like that's not, a, a part of a game plan to take take advantage of time. That's you not being fucking ready. You gassed and just, whoa, dude, that was terrible. I don't even have like coherent thoughts to say about it. It was so terrible. And then last from the potato, sweet potato, it says, should the UFC be doing more during fight week to ensure that fighters are on weight? Jennifer Maia, I'm looking at your consistently missing weight, fat ass. I can't even finish that with a straight face, but. God fucking right. I mean, to answer your question, short answer, no. They're already doing their, more than they should because they don't need to provide meal plans with trifecta. They don't need to provide a, a nutritionist from the PI in Clint, what's-his-face. But they do. UFC does way more um, than than they need. It is on the fighters and, and their teams to, to be doing this now if you're asking should they be doing more in terms of checking yes but it, it, it's in their best interest to to not right because i mean health and safety should always be number one but if they know that someone's not going to miss weight prior you know ufc doesn't like to do catch weight bouts so when i say it's in their best interest to not i'm saying in terms of like keeping the fight card together because at the end of the day if if someone doesn't follow the weigh-ins, um, they won't know that a fighter misses weight, and they know that. They know that that probably ninety percent of their viewership doesn't know that the fighter missed weight, and they're just gonna keep keep going. But we've already said this before. You know, I said this in this episode in, in the past. If you miss weight, you're out of the fucking rankings, dude. Go check out Roxanne Modafferi's Twitter. When when the news came out that Jennifer Maya missed weight, she quoted that tweet. And said, get your fucking... I mean, she's not going to curse, right? I mean, that, that's me putting that on there. But she was like, stop taking opportunities away from people that make weight. And she's damn right. Sick of it. <laughs> it reminds me, in uh, in college, I had a, uh, a acting teacher who was is booking a lot of work. 
He's been in a lot of major movies and TV shows. And we always used to roast him for his reel. Um, he was in the show. I think it was Jag. He was in the show. And um, he was like, this one clip that they had in the reel. He was like, ever since high school, it's been jerks making stupid comments. And I'm sick of it. Because like every word was pronounced was was enunciated thickly. Like, it's been jerks making stupid comments, and I'm sick of it. Uh, shout out to Jameson Jones. I hope he's doing well. Look him up on IMDb. Jameson Jones, spelled J-A-M-I-S-O-N, and uh, just know that 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 luscious man candy was my teacher, and that's why I'm so fucking good at everything. I'm just kidding, um, but f- fucking shout out to that guy. I love him. All right, this next question was sent to me from Dylan. I'm going to probably butcher this. Barry, or maybe it's Barry. It's B-A-R-R-I-E. He says, how on earth are we just okay with KG leaning on his coach? Everybody saw it happen. If I could see it, why couldn't the commission? Bro, I said this on Twitter because there was another gentleman, I want to say it was Rob the Gamer, who tagged me and some other people in a post saying, what the fuck, this is egregious terrible and i just i had a response to this is like i don't care how someone makes weight as long as they make weight the whole towel gate thing with dc um and, and this thing with with calvin gaslam in the elbow like as long as he's fucking as long as the scale says whatever that's fine with me but that was also because like when that whole dc towel thing came out um I, I tried what they were saying. It's, there's an old like wrestling trick to fucking cheat the scale or whatever, and you lean on something and you weigh less and, and there's whatever. I'm like, dude, if a fucking like first of all, like I, I I don't know. It's just it's just such a like a gray area that we don't know. And last time when it, when I when that news came out, I tried it and I didn't get a different result. So I'm like, oh, this is bullshit. This is just people trying. But I tried again just to see, which I alluded to earlier when I said I would step up and fight Ofrim. On the scale, without any help or without it leaning, I weighed 222. I then weighed myself again uh, with kind of leaning on the counter a little bit. And it was actually, first of all, it was really hard because at first I didn't get a reading. I was just a digital scale. I don't know if that's different with another scale or whatever. I think they were using a digital scale, though, for these weigh-ins. When I finally did get a reading, it weighed 219, which is three pounds. Now, I think in um, in a fight, if someone has a three-pound advantage on, on you, it doesn't make a big difference. However, if someone misses weight by three pounds, which I, th- I want to say Jennifer Maia did, or, or someone, uh, anyway, that's a common number to miss by three pounds. And by the way, when someone misses weight, I've said this before, they shouldn't say, like, if it's if it's one pound over the one pound limit, they, they shouldn't say miss weight by a pound. It should be two pounds, because if the goal is one twenty five and you weigh in at one twenty seven, yes, you're allowed to weigh one twenty six. But if you miss weight, you should be it should be called missing weight by two pounds. Like let's call a spade a fucking spade, okay? So someone missed weight by three pounds by my book. That's what I'm saying. Um, I think. Uh, if you miss weight by three pounds, then you didn't do the work to get there and y- your opponent um, tried harder and therefore was more depleted. So you are having an advantage in that respect. So it's not the actual weight difference. It's it's the amount. So to, to me doing that scale trick, I don't know, just because it's so fugazi that I, I, I'm okay with it. But yeah I, yeah, I guess the commission came out, they did see it and they are looking into it. So 
For now, we don't know, but who knows? That 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 to me is so arbitrary, kind of that I I just sort of forgive it. And I also said to this point about the the other thing, like I'm just so I was just so pumped up for these fights. I had a really shitty week, and I was like, I am not gonna let a fucking elbow gate get in the way of me enjoying this fight. I just cared that that ass was on the scale at 184 pounds, and Darren Till made 186. That's it. That's all I care about. <laughs> because even anyway, I mean, if we're talking about weight advantages, Kelvin could have weighed 183 under the limit and, and they wouldn't have pulled the fight. You know, New York commission allows them to be within five pounds of each other. And the technically the middleweight limit, the category goes from 171 up to 185. So he could have weighed in at 181 and they, they would have still had the fight go and Darren Till would have had a five pound weight advantage. Crazy, right? All right. This question is from Cyrus King. Shout out to Cyrus. He was missing from MMA Twitter, and I was like, man, I haven't heard from Cyrus. Go to his page. Huh, he's on vacation. So I fucking hope you had a great vacation, dude. And he says, uh, where do you see Kevin Lee's ceiling at this point? With him and TriStar, do you think he can compete with Habib, Tony, Justin, or, or Dustin? Um, or would you say he is a notch below? Right now, it's hard to say. And it's a great question. Um it's just I feel like we need more data because for me one of the problems with Kevin Lee has been finding the right team, and he just because he had a win in his first um, camp at TriStar, I don't know if that's like if we can say without without a doubt, especially it's such a quick one, right? Um, a quick knockout like that, like we we still need more data, I believe. So give it a few more fights if he does well with with Faraz, even if he loses but looks good in the loss, you know, maybe it's just a bad style matchup or, or a step up in competition. I think we can say it's the right team and then, then we'll know. Um but as far as right now, um you know the Kevin Lee on a good day with the right camp and everything could give Habib some problems, but at this point Khabib hasn't shown much uh, weakness really, so that's almost unfair to say. And then as far as Tony, we saw that fight. Um, I think he could give Ju- uh, Justin Gaethje uh, a good fight, and I actually think he could potentially beat Poirier. Um, but Poirier could give him some problems too. Um, you know, Ke- Kevin Lee's—it's hard to know where his ceiling is at because it almost feels like he doesn't even know, right? Like he's still young, and um, the 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 whole camp issues, and, and he's still kind of finding his weight class. We still don't know. All right, let's jump into these Twitter questions. All right, here we go. First question is from G. Till Till season, SZN. This is the guy who changes his uh, profile picture once a week. Uh, at right now is Till's titties. Um, just last week it was um, the Northern Rail or something. Before that, I think it was saying rail season. Before that, it was fucking Luigi. Before that, it was a toilet. Uh, before that, it was an apple. Uh, there's been a ton. I, I one time listed all of them. Um, but uh, he says, would you be down with a three-way with Darren Till and The Rock? <laughs> First of all, I want to also read. I don't Like I said, I only read replies sometimes. I want to read this reply from 
my man LT speaks is uh that that's the app and then his name is Andrew Yang's coolest black friend LT. Um he said good lord they'd spit roast him. Of course that might be the end goal. I don't know what all he's into besides his wife, but if he is into dicks as well, that would probably be the bee's knees. <laughs> and then as a gif of Charlie Day saying it's only my imagination. Bro, I'm dying of this question, dude. Um, fucking, they would spit roast the fuck out of me. Dude, the fucking, they would blow my back out. I, I can't, I can't handle that. I'm not ready for all that, man. But I would be down to do the devil's three-way with Darren Till and someone else. Not The Rock. I'd feel inferior. But Darren Till, I feel like, is probably mm, the same size. All right, uh, this is from Thrash underscore Banana underscore Eats at Eats Thrash. He says, does this knockout loss haunt Gillespie, or does he bounce back to go on another tear? Um, it certainly makes his next fight that much more intriguing, right? Because until this point, he's just been like a surging, undefeated prospect, and um, it's just sort of been like, you know, who who's going to be the guy to take him out? Now we know. So now it becomes, how is he going to handle getting knocked? Not just his first loss, a knockout loss, and he he hasn't even really look, like looked um, like he hasn't shown moments of weakness before. He hasn't really shown to be like you know have trouble with certain things. He just got fucking slept by Kevin Lee. So I think as long as he takes some time off, because uh, he that wasn't a TKO, that was a fucking KO. That was a bad knockout. So if he takes uh, like a good six months to a year off and just goes fishing and clears his head um, and, and decides if he, he wants to get back into it, like you know, and doesn't just take a fight for like for a payday, I think he, he'll be fine. But um, other than that, like if he, if he goes back too soon, it, it'll be detrimental for him. All right, the next question is from at SmartDan51, the MMA philosopher. says, do you think that Golden Boy and DAZN literally waiting for UFC 244 to go off the air, thus having their fans watch the Canelo Alvarez fight at an ungodly hour, essentially cements MMA supremacy over boxing, or was it just a one-off thing? Dude, in my mind, in the words of um, Wallace, the only way is MMA. For me, that's it, dude. The only way is MMA. Um, but, you know, in terms of supremacy, you know, I, I think there's room for both. But it, I don't know. It, it, it's hard. It's a, it's a hard call because not only did they wait. I don't know if you knew this or if anyone else knew this. I found out at the press conference that they literally showed the main event at the fucking Canelo fight. That the MGM called them. I was like, hey we're waiting and the fans are getting fucking restless. Can we show your fight? And they literally streamed the goddamn DS fight on this, on the, um, Megatron or whatever on the screen. Like they showed that fight in the arena. Like how fucking baller is that? Like, as if it, like, cause if they just waited and they didn't say anything, it would have been like, you know, oh, we're just being respectful, but they literally like, okay, we got to show our fans something. Let's show them this fucking big ass fight. And, um, I think that's only good for both sports, man. It's going to bring more boxing fans to MMA and more MMA fans to boxing. Um, this is another one from Ali Ra. That's at Lake Sweep MMA. It 
says, Rosenstroik gets another extremely quick and beautiful KO that just absolutely flatlines Arlovsky. So my question to you is, does Rosenstroik have the most power out of the whole UFC roster? If not, where does he rank? Any matchups that interest you? I talked about this with David McGrath. Maybe Rosenstroik Lewis. That would be fun as hell. Or Rosenstroik Ngannou even. Because um, Ngannou's sitting there waiting for a fight. He doesn't have a dance partner. Um, Rosenstroik is looking good. Like, either way, they need to fucking keep this guy booking. How about fucking Rosenstroik and Gan? Cyril Gan. Oh, fucking hell. Crazy. Uh, and as far as like ranking him in the most power, I would say just as far as what we've seen, we've seen a lot more of, of Nganu. So for me, it has to be Nganu, Rosenstroik, and then Derek Lewis. Um, and um, you could do the rest of them in, in any order, order. Probably Stipe and then, I don't know. Fucking, all right. The next question is from at Scotland for Fury. MMA Fury. She says, do you think the BMF title will continue since Dana said it was a one-off? And if so, who do you think will fight Masvidal for it next? Who do you think Till will fight next? I'm doing this right now because whenever I answer a question with a Scottish dialect, she says she loves it. And to be honest, sometimes I don't think it's that good, but she likes it. And so my answer is that um, I think it will be a one-off. I don't think they will do a a rematch. I don't think they're going to defend it. Um, against anyone else and f- it will just have its place in Masvidal's trophy case for the rest of his life and as far as who do I think will fight Tell next I think Tell should go on and fight someone like Jared Cannonier or the Whitaker fight intrigues me thank you for the wee question uh, I love your involvement in the podcast cheers that that last pit definitely went um Fucking Robert, uh, Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire. Cheers, Didi. <laughs> um, this question is from At Gods MMA. The MMA Gods is blessing me on the podcast, on the forum. He says, who's next for the nicest motherfucker in the game? Wonder Boy? He didn't shy away from Maya when it was brought up at the post-fight presser, but I think most people would want him against another striker like Pons, RDA, or even Diaz. Says three months if his hand is okay. Now, when they asked about Maya um, Wonder Boy, I, I was into it. I liked that fight. But when you pose it like that and you remind me this is the nicest motherfucker in the game, I don't want it. Because I've, I've been wondering like who who would be the other nicest motherfucker that, that could actually fight. Um, not that I would want them to call it that, but just kind of thinking about it since they, they joked about Wonder Boy and uh, Max Holloway. But, you know... Um, even though Max Holloway could fight at 170, you know, he, he more is a, is a featherweight. Um, but Wonder Boy, um, and Maya, the fact that Maya wanted to, you know, they, they were already trying to grab a toward about the best grappler in the UFC title. This is absolutely going to be they're going to try and call it the nicest motherfucker in the game title and that's just like going down a slippery slope and it's going to open the door for any sort of weird corny ass titles and i don't like it um but um uh no so stylistically i I am interested in that because actually wonder boy is hard to take down and um he he's good at keeping distance 
but uh, Maya can can hang, and uh, that would be a fun fight. I would love to see it five rounds, because just to see if he could tire him out, if he could wear him out. So that intrigues me. But as far as like, yeah, I I, I have always wanted to see um, Wonder Boy and Robbie Lawler. Um, I don't want to see the fucking Ponzinibbio fight. Um, Ponzinibbio is just gonna eye poke the shit out of Wonder Boy, and I do not want to see that. You may even kick him in the dick, to be honest with you. Actually, now that I'm looking at this, I wouldn't mind RDA versus Luke. Fucking A. This next question is from The Bloody Good Show. It says, um, Let's talk Darren Till. Who else? Who next? Impressive at middleweight. Will you be coming to England for his next fight at Anfield? You can answer any of the above, almighty juice. Fucking love these guys. That's, uh, I forgot to shout out the at. It's at TBGS podcast. But of course, if you just search the bloody good show. Um, if I was fucking sponsored by someone who would literally be willing to fly me and I had credentials or just give me, you know, tickets, of course I would be at that fight, dude. Are you kidding me? But in terms of me wanting to just shell out the fucking money to, to go, let alone if I, like, it's already, like, more expensive enough for one person. But if I go, I have to bring my wife. Like, she's not going to be like, yeah, you get to go see Darren Till in England. Because she was... Bro, she was mad at me for, for picking Kelvin Gastelum. She was like, you want to get there until you fucking asshole? Um, but uh, and even like when, when they showed the the arrivals, you know, they like to do that. Like the main event, the co-main event, when them walking into the arena, Kelvin Gastelum looked like such a fucking douche. <laughs> she like looked at me and rolled her eyes. I was like, oh no. So I actually was happy that Darren Till won. Um, I don't know if they're going to make that, that fight at Anfield, to be honest with you. He was talking about that. Um, and uh, Dano at the press conference was like, oh, we'll see. He won. That was that was the right job or whatever. I don't think they're going to make that. It's just, it's a it's a big-ass stadium. I would love to, though, to be honest with you. Put him and put fucking Meatball Molly on the card. Fucking sign Patty Pimblet and just make it a fucking Scouser card. Just, just do it. All right. Sorry, nose blow. At Luke underscore right 07. And that's right like the Wright brothers. He says, can we talk about the fence grabbing? Normally this is a part where someone would like have a tangent in their question. But he literally just said, can we talk about the fence grabbing? Yeah, we can talk about it. I guess I'll, I'll, guess I'll elaborate. Um, if you're talking about Burgos grabbing the fence um, against Maquan. Um, I'm not sure. or Maybe was it Diaz or Mustadol? I don't know, dude. Um, fence grabbing in general, I think I said it last time, like, it's a rule, and I'm a stickler about the rules. You break a rule, you get deducted a point. That's it. And if you were in an advantageous position, you get reset in that advantageous position. And it's fucking, that's it. No ifs, ands, or buts. But as far as it being a rule, I'm sort of iffy on it. Like, you know, use your surroundings. People can jump off the cage. People can fucking you know, push off the cage, use it to wall walk. Like, why can't we grab it? If you don't want there to be fence grabbing, put a fucking, like, make it like plexiglass or something, which is probably better for sidelines anyway. Um, that's a whole nother tangent for another day. Um, but uh, good question. Love that guy. All right, another question from Shane Tara. Uh, it says, how many people are flipping out over <laughs> Johnny Walker? 
I spelled it wrong. Uh, but that was a typo. Um, to flip, how many people are flipping out over Johnny Walker being knocked out? Like, goddamn, that upset the whole division. Dana White must be pissed. Yeah, dude. Um, fucking hell. Uh, I was upset about it, but more so just because I was drunk and I went on a fucking tirade and I, blo- I blocked a bunch of fucking assholes. Um, and uh, some people that I shouldn't have, but that's fine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um all right jay brookley hashtag no pooba no peace is at cradle and flames he says i don't have any questions right now there's fires down the road and all that fun stuff stupid california but i wanted to pop in and let you know i haven't forgot about you i wanted to show support have a good night man hell yeah i'll always read positive comments on the forum hell yeah and uh next question is from Lil Uzi Horizontal, a.k.a. Genghis Jr. at Uzi for Prez. He says, I need someone to slap me in the face for doubting Kevin Lee. Will you do it for me? Yes. Come down to Jersey and I will slap you in the face. But honestly, I'd love to hang out with you. Speaking of people I blocked for no reason, we won't talk about that. But, well, that that's in the past, baby. That's in the past. Uh, he also said, fuck Jennifer Maya. I agree. Uh, referencing also his question, obviously. And he said, do we need to start a GoFundMe to get Ivan off some soap? (laughs) I was not ready for that question, dude. I even read it in the forum and I chuckled, but some reason reading it now. Oh my God, dude. I think he's just so goddamn hairy that he looks dirty. He probably showers. I mean, I hope. (laughs) But I've also heard that some guys, this is so fucking gross, but it's true. Some guys like use that as a weapon. They sort of like, sort of like biological warfare. Like they fucking don't shower like during fight week or whatever. Um, or the day, day before the fight or, or whatever. I mean, obviously some guys use the like the bath to cut weight, so they probably have to. But then after that, they don't fucking shower and they work up a sweat so that they can fucking their opponent won't want to like clinch with them and stuff. Uh, it's it's so like childish, but if you want to do that, you you got to do it. Fucking hell, starting a GoFundMe to get even off some soap. I actually want to shout out another GoFundMe idea. I almost did. My boy Buddy at the MMA Marks has a massive crush on Amanda Hibas. And I wingman the fuck out of that guy. I got, I got her to follow him on Instagram. And uh, she's showing some love already. So I said, I'm going to start a GoFundMe for him to take her on a date. And he he even said, like, why, why do you need to GoFundMe for me to take her on a date? Like... Um, it's not like I can have money. I was like, no, no, no. We need to, first of all, the GoFundMe raises awareness. It lets her know that people are supporting, that people want to see it. And then it lets you, you know, it gives you some sort of like credit. You know, you'll have the money to take her out on a nice dinner, maybe go see uh, a movie, see some fights, take her to some fights. Um, and then, then you'll have all this money left over and she'll, she'll want to be with you for the money. I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I love that idea. All right. So next question is from Harry Andrew at Harry Andrew 94. He says, my man, disappointing end of the fight, but honestly, Diaz was getting schooled. 
Do you think we should see an immediate rematch, or would you like to see these two fight someone else? If it's option two, who would you like to see them fight? So definitely someone else. I think Jorge should, should fight Colby next. Like, so actually, I just thought of something. Um, I said we should be praying for uh, you know Colby to beat Usman so we can see Jorge versus Colby. Even if Colby loses, maybe we should see that. Because, dude, first of all, I want to see it. The build-up will be amazing. And Usman winning would then set up Leon versus uh, Usman. Then you can make the Leon Edwards fans happy, all 12 of them. And then you could fucking uh, have Jorge versus Colby. And then the winner gets a fucking, well, I mean... You wouldn't want Colby just to get a win and get right back. But fucking hell, dude. Jorge styling on him would then be... Because right now, people are like, oh, he just beat Till, Askren, and now Diaz. You know, when you got someone else like Leon Edwards who's got an 8-5 win streak, is that that impressive? But, dude, he's fucking putting these guys away. And uh, so I don't hate him getting a title shot. But I also, like, I I don't like title shots off of small streaks either. Um, You know... So I wouldn't hate if they if they did him versus Colby off the loss and then Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman. That's a nice scenario. And as far as for Diaz, like the Connor trilogy, and that's that's really it. Like he needs time, first of all, time to heal up and um, get that fucking scar tissue sorted out. And then if for some reason they don't make Connor versus Cowboy or Connor versus Gaethje, they need to make the goddamn Nate trilogy. All right, this next question is from Glitch. It's at MMA Port. It says, after Kevin Lee's win, Islam Makachev called him out. If they fight, who do you see winning that fight? I got Kelvin, but I'll, I'll admit... Uh, not Kelvin, Kevin. Kevin Lee. Sorry, too many L's and E's in there. get get convoluted. Kevin. I got Kevin Lee winning. Um, and that's because right now, I'm picking with my heart. I don't give a fuck anymore. Um, and uh, I don't like Islam Makachev. I don't. But I do think it's a tough ass fight. Um, well, the way that the the stand up he had against Davi Hamosh, if he if he does that against fucking Kevin Lee, maybe bad night for him. Fuck, I could see Kevin winning that fight too. That's like that's a good fight. Um, but it's tough. Islam is a fucking good ass wrestler. Then again, so is Gregor Gillespie. We all saw that. I mean, we didn't really get to see the wrestling. So to be fair. All right, this question is from Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz. He says, not that I'm convinced he'll get past Usman, but how much fun would it be to see Masvidal and Covington, especially given the history and bad blood? Yes, I'll agree because I, I said that earlier. I said even if Colby loses, that's a fun fight to make. But fucking hell, dude. That fight is such a pick However, David McGrath pointed something out to me, reminded me that of what um, Usman said in his JRE podcast with Joe Rogan. Um, he said that his knees are so bad that he can't even run anymore to do cardio. Um, so if that really is true and that really plays a factor, um, I don't see him. La- he said, I don't, he, he said, I don't see him lasting five rounds with Colby, but I was like, fuck, I kind of agree. Like such a, such a good point. Like if, if that holds true, if his knees aren't, aren't, aren't fixed or whatever, um, he would definitely, um, have a have a long night against Colby. I'll say that, but again, even even with that, it's still such a close fight.
And uh, it's not a question, but Mixed Demand said, oh, that's cute, but I already submitted my accurate question on Tuesday. Yeah, he's right. Um, were there some are there some good replies on this or no? No, that was just me, him and I going back and forth. All right. Um, oh, uh, I did have a, uh, a question from at PixieDust26, Derek Lewis's Hot Balls. She's been she's been doing little clips of just one word at a time because she doesn't want to put her voice out there, even though I think it's a great voice and she should, uh, but I understand not doing it. And um, first, she just did the word no. She was like, no, with her cute northern accent, and which is a dialect, but I'll still call it an accent so people don't um, come at me. And then last week I said Askrin because I, she, she asked for a suggestion, and I thought Askrin was going to inspire something else. I didn't actually want her just to say Askrin, but she said Askrin which someone else, I think it was Eamon, thought it was ass grin. Um, so I asked for the word this time, and so I just said choke. Let's see if I can play it. Choke. Choke. I love it. I love everything about it. You know what I love about this one, actually? Here we go. Um, what's my favorite Chuck Palahniuk novel? Choke. What's my favorite submission? Choke. I can do more, but it's hard because Twitter's on like an instant loop and it just kept going. Um, all right, this next question is from Microcosm. It's spelled M-I-K-E-R-O-C-O-S-M. And then the at is the same with a zero for the last O. And he says, who do you think or why do you think less fighters are having recurring cuts due to scar tissue? Are the, are the fighters taking better care of themselves? Or is the UFC paying to get cuts fixed the right way now? Obviously, Nate's inactivity and stubbornness is probably why he hasn't taken care of it right. That's an interesting question. I think also, if I'm honest, I think fighters' defense has gotten better as well. I think in the earlier days, um, even if you were a good striker, people were more willing to brawl. But now that more um, people are getting into MMA that come from like an athletic background rather than a strictly like martial arts background. Um, you're seeing more of a stress on good defense and people are just getting so good that um, they're incorporating more like good boxing and head movement. So I think we're just seeing less cuts in general. Um, so it's hard to say whether or not that's due to recurring scar tissue being fixed or not. Uh, but it, it's certainly an interesting question. And lastly, it's from your boy from over the sea, Joblog724. He says, do you think Walker should stay down to recover a bit when he's knocked down and instead of jumping up straight away on his wobbly legs? See, that's a tough question because Corey po pointed it out in his post-fight um, scrum. And David McGrath said this as well. He called it for, you know, for, for months. Johnny Walker falls to the right hand. Um, I didn't know this, you know, I'm not, I'm giving credit where credit is due. Corey said he noticed it in the tape and David said he noticed it. All those times he, in his in previous fights when he gets knocked out, it's from the right hand. And um, so who knows if that would have made a difference. But in terms of whether or not he should stay up or down, he thrives in the chaos. Um, I mean, obviously not this time, but um, I think like if he would have stayed down, that, that that's playing into Corey's world as well. He would have gotten top position and he would have beat the fuck out of him. So, no, I think he did the right thing. And that 
concludes the forum. So uh, without further ado, let's get into next week's UFC card. All right, next week, Saturday, November 9th, it's going down UFC Moscow. Um, if I'm honest, I'm really only looking forward to the, um, the Comin and Main. Um, there's not a lot on the uh, prelims that intrigue me other than the return of Jessica Rose Clark against Penny Kanzad. Um, Jessica making her um, move up to Bantamweight. That's that's a great fight. I wish that was on the goddamn main card, but there's too many Russians that need to be on the main card. Not that I have a thing against Russians. I'm just saying like that's why over that. There's certainly the, the more name value, I would say. And uh, if I were to get my pick for that, I would go, I would go with Jessica Rose. Although uh, it's definitely, uh, she's got a question mark surrounding her having, uh, she's fought at Bantamweight before, but not in the UFC. Um, and then after having, you know, years of um, cuts to 125, how is she going to favor? She's also coming off of, I believe, foot surgery or a broken leg of some kind. So um, kind of kind of a weird matchup to, to pick. I mean, hard to pick. Not a weird matchup, but it's a hard to pick matchup. Oh, and Davy Grant's always fun. Davy Grant, your boy from Manchester versus Gre- Grigory Popov. That'll be a fun fight. And those are the fucking first two fights of the night. But uh, opening up the main card, we got Cleetson, Farias, De Abreu, Abreu. And I'm known for usually getting this shit right. And I feel like I fucking failed. So don't trust me on that one. But um, Shamil Gamzak, Gamzatov. I don't know why I threw a K in there. Real, I'm, I'm really fucking up a lot today, if you haven't noticed. Shamil Gamzatov is his opponent. And, um, you know what? Since we're not giving a fuck, I'm going to go with Kleetson, because I felt bad that I butchered his name, and he's got a picture up there where Shamil doesn't. But Shamil is 13-0, Kleetson is 15-3, so bit of a bit of a toss-up there. Um... And it's a light heavyweight, so one punch can change everything. But I'm going with fucking Clidson on this one. Next fight is um, Anthony Rocco Martin taking on Ramazan Emiev. And um, while I'd love to pick uh, Rocco, uh, it used to be used to be Tony Tony Martin. Now it's Anthony Rocco Martin. I would love to pick him, but I'm going to go with the Russian. Uh, it's going to be a hometown advantage there. He's going to fucking probably work him. Uh, Martin, I think, had a problem with Damian Maya. Probably be a similar matchup. And then um, next up, we got Ed Herman. Good old boy. Good old American name. Taking on Gadzimurad Antigulov. And um, Tigilov's got a better record. He's younger against Russian. So, logic would dictate that he probably has a lot on his side. But this is not a logical podcast. And these are not logical picks. So I'm going with Ed Herman because I liked him on The Ultimate Fighter. And he's a fucking OG of the game. Next up, we got Danny Roberts versus Zelim Imadeev. Or Imadeev. 
potentially. And uh, I got Danny Roberts in this one. I, I like. Uh, he's got a he's got a good nickname, Hot Chocolate, and um, he's uh he's a British. I'm just now also remembering. I have to fucking call French fries chips again. Fuck. God damn it. All right, yeah, Danny Roberts. Danny Roberts, it is. Although Zalim, Zalim Kachov, the the way they build these a lot of these Russian cards, they build it to be a Russian showcase. Like, let's be real. So I should have picked Shamil. I should have picked Ramazan, but I didn't. Or no, I did pick Ramazan. I should have picked fucking Gadzimurad against Ed Herman, but I didn't. Um, and that's probably what's going to happen. But um, Greg Hardy. Uh, now we get to the, the fucking co-main. This is the real. This is the real. Greg Hardy's taking on Alexander Volkov, and this was mentioned in the in the forum. I believe it was Jimmy the Drunk brought it up, and um, this is like the first Greg Hardy fight that I'm kind of excited for because we're gonna fucking see what he's made of, and it's short notice. Originally, Volkov was booked to be the main event against JDS, and JDS got injured. So Greg Hardy is stepping up, and since it was short notice, and obviously he has a fucking asthma, um, they're not making it a five rounder. It's a they switch to the co-main, and they're making Zabit versus Calvin Cater a main, which is interesting. But we'll get to that in a second. Well, you know, this is a tough one. Greg Hardy. And Alexander Volkov, like, like when I envision this fight, I, I keep seeing Greg Hardy get worked, getting worked. But then I also remember the fucking Derek Lewis fight with that with Volkov, and I remember that um, Volkov just landed a big overhand, which is sort of what Greg Hardy throws as well. Um, not really overhands, but those like winging shots. So. Uh, again, picking with my heart here. Give a fuck. Going Alexander Volkov. But I do think it's also, it's going to be a big test for Alexander Volkov. Alexander Volkov also doesn't really lose a lot. He's a, he's a former champion in Bellator and, and M1. Uh, like the guys legit, he beat Fabrice over Doom. You know, he's got some nice wins in the UFC. And uh, was was on his way to being Derek Lewis. So let's go with Alexander Volkov. I think he gets it done. I think he stops him, actually. Probably third round. And then we're moving on to the fucking main event. Calvin Cater versus Abid Magomed Cherypov. Now, I said I'm not high on, on the Zabit hype train. This fucking fight should have taken place on Calvin's home turf in UFC Boston. He fucking faked an injury and they moved it to Moscow, which is absolute fuckery. But, um... I don't think that's going to take into account um, Calvin. He's a warrior. He fucking took it. He said, I don't give a fuck. He's going to be more motivated. I'm picking Calvin Cater for the upset here. How do you like that? Also, Calvin Cater is legit, dude. By the way, if you haven't seen Calvin Cater, there's a video that came out a while ago where he like befriended a bird. He became like, that was like almost like a gimmick of his. Like He was like the bird guy. He fucking, this bird would like, like be on his head and he just couldn't get rid of it. And he would like, had a bird as a pet that was like a, like a wild bird. 
Like, it wasn't even like he went to the pet store and got a bird. He fucking just found one, or one found him, and he couldn't get rid of it. And he just, like, sort of fed the guy for a while, and it was really cute. Uh, so, I'm plugging that, I guess. You know me, I'm always plugging shit. So, uh, yeah. There is, uh, there's my picks for UFC Moscow. Um, because we all know you, you made it this far and you really wanted to hear my picks. I'm sure you did. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, this is a, this is a fun podcast. UFC 244. Insane. And, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at FWM underscore pod. Um, obviously if you're listening to this, you know, you can find me on all major platforms except for YouTube because I'm not an influencer and SoundCloud because I'm not an up-and-coming rapper, but I'm everywhere the fuck else. And um, you can also send in questions uh, anytime via DM to the, any of those platforms. But you can also, if if you want to email a question, you know, you can email a recording of yourself, which lots of people have done, to fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com. So plug in that. And that's it. That's all I got for today. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and good night and good fights.